Blog Talk Radio. Another game against a quality opponent. Another game of non-competitiveness. It's same plus same equals same as the 2021 season kicks into overdrive this week with the home opener against Appalachian State. But the dilemma of the Miami Hurricanes fan is in the reaction. The reaction. Anybody with realistic expectations understood going into Saturday's season opener against Alabama that Miami was not going to win that game. The talent gap between the two teams is unfortunately that wide. But that did not make the disappointment of getting blown out yet again against an opponent that can walk and chew gum at the same time any less painful. Not being competitive and taking a third straight loss. Was it a legit reaction? Or was it an overreaction? Is it too early in the game in the 2021 season to even react at all? The truth of the matter is that these are multiple issues at play that warrant independent discussion of those questions. And that is sure to arise tonight as we embark on another edition of Kane Sport Live. In the short-term picture, the 2021 season is just beginning. And the goal of winning the ACC Coastal Division obviously remains right in front of the Hurricanes. In the big picture? Well, what exactly is the big picture? And who is defining it? Questions, questions, and more questions. Short-term goals versus big-picture goals. We're going to talk about them both tonight on Kane Sport Live. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com. And we welcome you once again to Canesport Live. As always, this is your show. It'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 563-999-3550. That's 563-999-3550. More than 100 open phone lines, plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. You know the drill by now. If you want to come on the show, you hit the number one on your keypad. That puts you in the queue. We bring you on the show in the order that you land in the queue. We once again ask the subscribers at canesport.com to post the topics and questions that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show, and we will address those during the course of the evening. So going into Saturday's game, I think the expectations were very fair. Like I said, nobody expected Miami to win. The expectation was to compete, to just make it a quality college football game. Show progress and be competitive. One sign of progress would be that the kids didn't quit. I think Miami checked that box off. I saw everybody playing hard from start to finish in that game. So why wasn't the result any better? Well, I mean, for starters, I mean, Alabama, I think we all would agree, has significantly better talent. 
But there also were mental mistakes all over the place on both sides of the ball throughout the game. I think bringing into question for Manny Diaz, you know, what what went on in training camp? Like, you know, why after a month of training camp were there so many issues, you know, in that regard? Uh, the theory that you might get would be it's a first game. You're going to get a lot of that. But we didn't see a lot of it coming from the Alabama sideline. You know, it was the first game for them, too. I, You know, we didn't see receivers being turned loose. In the secondary, we saw everything being contested. Um, you know, the, the, their receivers seemed to run the right routes. Their running backs seemed to be doing the right thing. Their offensive line wasn't missing any blitz pickups. I mean, they looked like a well-oiled machine. It was their first game, too. So, you know, I think that would be one thing that needs to be looked at. You know, why? You know, what was being done in training camp and what could have been done differently? Reading between the words this week, I sensed a feeling on the offensive side of the organization that there might have been a shade too many pages in the game plan. The idea that Miami's base offense was not going to be enough to compete against the Crimson Tide because of their athletes, and that out-scheming Bama was the only way to go. So the theory is that put added mental strain on the players, and apparently that did not go real well. Receivers coach Rob Likens alluded to that today when he mentioned things like guys taking what was supposed to be a 20-yard route and running it as a 12-yard route, as an example. I mean, how do you explain that? I, I can't explain that. You're supposed to run the route 20 yards. You've been practicing it all fall at 20 yards, and then you get in the game and run it at 12 yards, and now you're in the wrong place, and Derek King has to hesitate, and the play falls apart and he gets sacked or, or whatever. And, like, that's the kind of stuff that was going on out there on Saturday. I can't explain that. Um, beyond that, Miami struggled quite a bit at the line of scrimmage, as to be expected. And DJ Scaife was now benched in favor of UNLV transfer Justice Olawasun. And he's now going to start at right tackle on Saturday against Appalachian State. And I would say that's an indictment against all of the other linemen in the program who have been here for several years now that are just sitting at the end of the bench collecting dust. Guy walks in from UNLV, and when crisis strikes in game one against Alabama, he goes in to be the right tackle. No Kyleon Herbert, no Zelante Hillary, no Jared Williams. Justice Olabasun. I mean, it's unfathomable. I mean, it really is. He just got here this summer, and he's playing the bulk of the game against Alabama because the guy you have out there, DJ Scaife, was just whiffing on everything. I mean, it was like he had never played football before. I can't explain that. You know, I mean, DJ Scaife moving out to right tackle was supposed to be a positive this year. Was supposed to help make the offensive line better. Playing him showing up for opening night like that. On the defensive side of the ball, we heard it a somewhat similar story, just a lack of consistency and execution. Manny talked a lot about third down both Saturday night and um, ye yesterday when he addressed the media because Miami's, uh, Miami really struggled to get Bama's offense off the field. Listen to this. On third down, Alabama quarterback Bryce Young was 8 for 10 for 157 yards, two touchdowns and zero interceptions. On third down, 
8 for 10, 157, two TDs. Didn't take a single sack. His average pass length was 12.3 yards. That 80% completion percentage on the money down was absolutely stunning and clearly a massive difference in the game. This was a, a, a kid starting for the first time. I mean, amazing that he was allowed to get that comfortable and be that efficient. But the truth of the matter, folks, is that when you get beaten that soundly, it's a lot of things. You've heard me say very many times, it starts with recruiting, and it does. You saw the talent disparity. Miami is not going to be competitive in these games against quality teams until that talent disparity is erased. Can it be erased in the current situation? Hard to say. I mean, you know, I don't want to sound like a defining source on this, but I mean, I'm watching the top recruits from South Florida in this 2022 cycle. It looks like they're all going to defect. And we're already starting to see the 2023 recruits start to defect. Um, I mean, something, something's going to have to, some forces are going to have to collide at some point. I mean, somebody is going to have to decide what is the big picture goal for the program. Manny Diaz and whoever makes that decision are going to have to decide whether that can be accomplished with Manny as head coach. But those are discussions for down the road. First, you've got a football season to play this year. You've got 11 games ahead of you. Miami is going to be favored or, or, or near favored in every single one of them. Okay? This can be a 10-win football team this year. And maybe, if you want to make the argument that that will just continue the cycle, fine. But 10 wins is 10 wins, and there's not a lot of teams that are going to do it. So that would be a great accomplishment for Manny this season. Okay? He, he didn't come out of Saturday looking, looking great, let's be honest. But it starts this week against App State. There'll be a game against Michigan State. They'll get into the, the conference. The coastal games are going to be competitive. They'll have a chance against more even competition to bounce back from Saturday. So do you react? Do you underreact, overreact? Um, you know, that is something that we can discuss tonight. The prospects for the season, the big picture goals, and where does Manny Diaz stand and fit in the middle of it all? So let's go right to your calls. The number, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. You hit the number one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. Let's start tonight at the 786. You are live on Kane Sport Live. 786, you with us? You with us? Going once, going twice. Okay, I'm not sure what happened there. Let's go to the 845. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, how you doing, man? Hey, what's up, Greg? Whoever was uh, whoever uh, was taking a nap on the 786, let you come in first. How about that? Everything. That was it probably everything. is everything. Probably is everything. <laughs> so what's, what's up, Greg? What do you think? Oh, that was a wonderful experience driving four four hours each way to watch that abortion of a game. Let me ask. I think there's two people in this country are doing a worse job than Joe Biden. 
Manny Diaz and Blake James. This Blake James is a joke. Every sport is in in the toilet. It's unreal. This is a joke, Gary. I mean, I feel you on a lot of levels. Um, all right, first, let's talk about the travel. All right, so I was blown away by what I saw in Atlanta from the Canes Nation. I mean, just absolutely unbelievable turnout. There were Canes fans everywhere. From, from the minute you got on the airplane to the minute you landed at the airport, walking around downtown, Buck, Buckhead, everywhere you went in Atlanta, there were Canes fans everywhere. It was a bowl game level turnout. Okay, um, so it, it, it shows you the passion. The former players all came to town. It reminded me of Dallas a few years ago when we played LSU there. I mean, everybody was primed. Uh, and, and, and I say that because you talk about you drove, what, 400 miles and, and people are flying. No, four, and, and hours each way. four hours. Okay, so what's that, uh, 300 miles each way? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Okay. So you're driving 300 miles each way to go to the game. People are flying in from all over the country. Um, I did a calculation. I figured that the Canes fan base, about $25 million to go to that game. Now, um, nobody, not one of them, not, not one of those 25,000 Canes fans did all that, spent all the money, put the time and effort in thinking that that was going to be a victory for Miami. I don't think, I don't think there's one person in their heart thought that the Canes were going to beat Alabama on Saturday. But man, like to not come out aggressive, to not come out just letting it all lay on the line and, and, and be aggressive and get outside the box. And, and I mean, I just, there's just so many things. I mean, from, from choosing the kickoff, I mean, the, the, the strength of your team is not your defense. I mean, who thinks the strength of the team is the defense? So you're going to go play Alabama, and you're going to give them the ball first so that before you even touch the ball with the strength of your team, you're probably going to be down 7 nothing. I mean, that, to me, that was totally flawed. But it was cookie cutter because, you know, the, the, the conventional thing is, oh, if you win the toss, you defer to the second half. Well, it was 27-3 to by the time that the second half kickoff was received. Um, right. You know, so I just thought that set a bad tone, and then – from there, everything. I mean, we're downing kickoffs at just inside the goal line. Um, you know, the running on third and the first third and seven after you're already down um, seven nothing. Uh, you know, just uh, waiting until late in the first half to take your first deep shot when you clearly had some capabilities there and there were some favorable matchups. It looked like um, I just the whole thing. It was just like it was like everybody got tight. And the whole thing fell apart. The turnover chain coming out when you're down 27 yeah, exactly. points. Yeah. So now you're being ridiculed all over the country for that. Like, you, you know, it's just everything. You're down 27 nothing, and you kick, a, you, you, you kick a field goal right before the half. You have the quarterback center the ball so that you can kick a field goal and make it 27-3. to three? I mean, I, I don't know, man. There's just so many things you could go on and on and on. And my point is that I think all of those 25,000 Kane fans, Greg, uh, I think their expectation was just compete, compete start to finish. And they didn't get that. And, and people are upset. I mean, you know, I've obviously gotten a million phone calls and texts and emails and, uh, you know, boosters are very unhappy. And, and 
you know, I'm a big proponent of playing those games. You know, I, 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 I said do not stop scheduling these big games. Do not turn the Miami football program into more irrelevance than it is. You, you got to, you know, and Blake James, I know you're, 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 you're unhappy with Blake James, but he did his job getting Miami to that stage. I mean, listen, we were on the national stage on Saturday. We had that opportunity, and we didn't even have to win. Just just play a representative game, and the freaking world would have been the oyster, man. It would have been an oyster. But they couldn't do that. Now, so that's the, the, the Canes fan and, and where, where the fan base stands. Very upset. Now, your next subject, Blake James and Manny. Okay, you know where I stand on Manny. Manny never should have been put in this job. He... He he was given a, a great disservice being given this job. I don't care how much ambition he has. Uh, he needed to be left alone to go to Temple and, and work on being a head coach and seeing if he could develop as a head coach. And if he can, maybe down the road, he becomes a candidate for a job like this. But to put a guy in this job with his level of, of, of lack of head coaching experience, number one, Lack of uh, pedigree as a recruiter, number two, um, having never won anything at any level as a coach, having never played and won anything, to put him as a head coach at Miami at a time when the program is at a bit of a crossroads with, with Mark Rick um, you know, petering out, and, and you, know, you, made pro- you made some progress, you built the indoor practice facility, but you were really at a crossroads. And to throw Manny in that job was a great disservice. So I have a hard time being real hard on Manny, okay? Because I had zero, I had zero expectations of this from day one, and, and I think you know that. We've been talking about it on this show for three years now. Um, I had zero expectations for this. But they're working their way now into a bit of a mess because it's obvious that this program, talent-wise, is not even close to the better teams in college football. And, I, and, and, they, and that would still be the same if they go and win 10, even 11 games this year, win the Coastal, go play Clemson in, um, in Charlotte, and then probably get beaten badly by Clemson. Um, it, it wouldn't change anything. So that's the quandary that this program is in, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. I don't see recruiting finishing well enough this year to put a dent in that. Um, obviously, the offensive line's not in a great place. It's not going to be better next year. You know, it, it's probably you know it's probably you know you're going to lose Navon. I think you're losing Corey Gaynor. Um, you, you know, you might lose Zion. And there's nobody behind them. Like you're seeing, a guy walks in from UNLV and and is your first choice to play right tackle. I mean, so that's not you know probably getting much better. Uh, and you know the, the the rest of the deal we'll we'll see from there. But like um, you know you're going to be breaking in a new quarterback next year. Uh, so I think that this is this is a big problem. It really is in the big in the big picture, which is what I talked about at the beginning. Um, I feel for Manny. I don't know, you know, I don't know how he gets himself out of it. I really don't. I really, really don't. Uh, but right now, you got to focus on the short term and, and try to win the rest of the games and, and get to Charlotte. Okay. Scaife and Donaldson were better when they were freshmen than they are now. They, they're awful. Can't judge that. Donaldson, what? You can't judge that. They, they, were, they, were going, they were going against two first-round draft pick defensive ends. I mean, you know, I mean, that's a first-round defensive line. I think all across the board. I mean, it's not fair to say that after the after the Alabama game. You know, you have to evaluate that in the coming weeks. 
Well, we're only a six-point favorite against App State. Yes, yeah, stunning. I, I mean, I want to talk to Lee Sterling about that. We have a, I don't know if you've seen the new show. We have You Bet. Um, I'm going to get him to talk about that. I, I don't understand that. Yeah, please that. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, if but he'll, we he'll can't be a, beat App State by more than six points, we got problems. All right, my last point is I went to the game with a guy who uh, used to coach high school in South Florida, and he knows everybody. He he was getting texts from coaches left and right saying this is a disgrace, and man, he's in way over his head, and he's got to go. So I, all I can tell you is how many recruits are we going to lose after that performance? Honestly, you say the, the ones you're going to lose have already been lost. You'll never see him. You'll never Who? see Mark Fletcher again. Okay? No, I don't think so. So he wants a line that opens holes, and we don't have we don't have it. All right, Gary, I'll let you speak to somebody else. It's, it's so dis- I'm so dis- All right, well, get, look, look, don't let it. Don't don't let it destroy your football season. I mean, you know, the, the matchups are going to be much obviously more favorable for the next three months. You know, let's see what happens. Let's just see how this season goes. Um, if they don't win the coastal, uh, I I don't know. I don't know what they'll do. I really don't. Um, I want to give kudos to Restrepo, the kicker, the punter. I like James Williams and Can Kitchens. The rest of them. Not so much. All right. Have a good day. All right, Greg. Right, let's try to 786 one more time because, I, I, I mean, everything will put out an, uh, an assassin if he doesn't get to come on the show. So uh, <laughs> everything, you there? Yeah. Gary, I apologize. That's all right, man. <laughs> but I, I, I knew it was you, and I, and like I, yeah, I, I want to be able to walk out of my house without thing, without having to look over my shoulder, you know? Come on, Gary. You, you know I treat you very well. Come on outside of this. You know I do. So what uh, you got for us, man? I'm sure I'm, I'm, I'm sure you've been rehearsing. Get started. I'm sure you've been rehearsing uh, all day. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, you, know, you know, actually, I, I thought it was Monday, so I'm sorry. But uh, I don't know where to get started, G. I, I just, peace. I, I said last week, listen, based on everything that this guy has said, we're coming out. When we get our ass kicked, we're going to punch him in the mouth right away. And just the opposite happened. Here in South Florida, we didn't have the live TV feed. I don't know if you had Comcast. I missed the kickoff in the first two plays. Then finally the game switched over to, I don't know what game was on before that, but they finally switched to the UM game. So I was like, well, that, there's not, that's a, an omen here for sure. But what I noticed, Gary, is Rhett Lashley, every time we have a big-time game, we play scared. We play not to lose. His game plan from the very beginning was so conservative. And now I was thinking, well, maybe it's because he's trying to bring Derek slowly back into a rhythm, maybe to get a rhythm going. But then I, I thought about it. I go, wait a minute. This kid's still playing right tackle for you. Where's the kid from last year who was our best right tackle, the kid from Houston? I know he got hurt, and after he got hurt, you know, our line wasn't the same. Efficiency was anyway last year. So I'm wondering, well, where, what happened to that kid? Then I'm looking at Scaife, and it's no, it doesn't matter how good your technique is, how great you are in film. Those things don't matter. When the bullets are flying, 
you, you're just trying to survive. And, and that's what this kid has become. That's what he's evolved into. Greg made a phenomenal point. These kids haven't gotten better since their freshman year. And they, this is their third offensive line coach. So that, maybe that has something to do with it. But we look so scared offensively that that set the tone all the way around. And then on defense, to me, I, I know Amari Carter can, can can do some decent things, but Frierson's a much much better striker than he is. He's got better range. He anticipates better. Why they're trying to measure out those snaps and even those snaps, I don't get it. Two of the first plays, you know, he makes he makes a great stop on, on a run, but then he gets lost on third down. But then I'm like, wait a minute, is he lost or is it the scheme? So I look at the film one more time, and we're 12 yards off the ball. We're giving him the first down. So after the first series on offense, first series on defense, you know, exactly what I said was going to happen, happened. And that's what everybody else in the country knew was going to happen. He plays not to, not to, get, in, not to get embarrassed, not to lose. You can't, you can't go ahead and do that. No. And if you look at all of our former players, they're all talking to Ed Reed like, what, what in God's name are you guys doing? What are you doing? You're playing scared. That's not good. To go ahead and go into that week to have all the support. You said you know, you're estimating $25 million that our fans invested last week. To spend all that money, even if we get our ass kicked, but you come out aggressive, you get a late hit on the quarterback, knock him in the head. You, you go back to what we've got to do to say, hey, you know what? We're not scared of you. You might kick our ass, but we'll keep swinging with you. None of that. And then for him to come out yesterday and say, we competed really well. We played hard. We didn't give up. They did. I'm going to go the back to what did. Greg said. There's the about four did, or five the guys. The kids did compete. Really, everything. The kids competed. They competed, but 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 you need that extra, that nastiness. No, none of that. None of that. And then and then we're getting our ass kicked so bad, and then you got rings and chains coming out. It's like yeah, nothing was, has changed. That was a bad look. Gary, man. nothing has changed. He is in over his head. I said it when he first got hired, when I told you I broke the story here in South Florida about Mario and potentially coming in with Alonzo. That was live. That was real. That wasn't fake. And what's, what's happened here, I'm going to con- concur with Greg again. This is all Blake James' fault. I don't want to hear that he got us in the big game. Dude, you got the wrong guy. You panicked and hired the wrong guy. Now, going forward, that's over with. Going forward, Gary, here are my thoughts. You still have a chance to win 11 games. Doesn't matter if you win each one by one point. Just win them. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter that it might be uh, an ACC championship appearance that we get our ass kicked one more time. At least you win 11 games. At mm-hmm. least you're going in the right direction. The biggest mission that Manny Diaz has he wants to keep all these great young players in this class that he brought in. He's, they got to play. Leonard Taylor should have gotten at least 10 snaps last week. Guaranteed 10 snaps. I don't need to see Nest on his ass anymore. I really don't. And that's all you see. Takes the wrong angles. He gets upset because he missed, he missed something, and then he gets upset, and then he, he bull rushes, and he gets his ass knocked down because he's so small. It's like – these kids are making the same mistakes over and over and over. I, Gervin Hall, well, he, ta- he only missed one tackle. Guess what? He screwed up three coverages because he's peeking in the backfield, not staying deeper than the deepest. This is a basic concept of coaching. 
I mean, basic things that, and then he rewards them. He says they did a good job. And this guy, and I understand what coach speak is, and he's got to do that, Gary. I get that. He's got to because he can't lose his team because at the end of the day, he still has a chance to win 11 games. And I get that. But in this community, those of us that know football know he's full of shit. You know it. I know it. Everybody on, on, on this, on this uh, Kingsport edition knows it. So we, we've got to find a way to, to hold them accountable. But, you know, at the end of the day, Gary, these, it's not the kid's fault. There's talent out here. It's not that there's no talent. It starts at the top, and this guy, he just isn't the guy. And I don't know, I don't know how else to say it. It's just, it's just that frustrating to, to have so much support. I don't think anybody, like you said earlier, nobody thought we were really going to win. But, damn, I thought we'd have a semi-competitive game like the first half at Notre Dame and Florida State. You know, something competitive. Okay, you know, they didn't win, but they were competing. Hell, they, t- they take them to, to overtime. I'm not, I'm not saying Notre Dame's a great team, but you see the difference in coaching. And we continue to mock Florida State on Twitter and every social medium there is. Right now, Florida State, in my eyes, after the first week of college football, they're the best team in the state of Florida right now. And they're kicking ass recruiting. So, yeah, I don't know if they're the best team in the state of Florida, but they are, they are doing very well in recruiting. Something's got to something's got to give, Gary. Either he needs to say, "Hey, this ain't for me," or he needs to go ahead and get get uh, eleven wins in a row or ten wins, ten wins out of the next eleven games, and, and find a way to to get to Charlotte and be competitive in Charlotte. I'm not even ask you to win in Charlotte. Be competitive because if you're still ten and two, you got an Orange Bowl game here waiting for you. Win that, and at least now you can show something to parents. You can show something to recruit the kids that don't want to leave that they know they have to go to get a chance to, you know, to make it to the next level. But most of them, a lot of them would love to stay here, but they, they have to have proof that they are going to be developed. And when you look at these kids, that's why everybody hates Earl Little Sr. But he's right. Who have you developed? we got a great coach in T-Rob, DVD. They're great. But where are you taking your kid? You taking them to Alabama, LSU, or you taking them to Miami? If, you're, if it's your kid, you know what you're going to do because you want the best opportunity for that kid. And until these guys make our current kids better, and the ones that have been here for six years, they haven't gotten here any. They haven't gotten any better. You know, Zach McLeod, bless his heart, Gary. You know, he had about two holding calls that they didn't call. That kid played his ass off. He really did. Yeah. But why hasn't he been? At, why hasn't he been at defensive end the last two years? Should have been there his whole career at defensive end. You know what that is, right? That's a miss. That's a miss on you as a coach. Yeah. You missed. Not that he's going to. Not that he's that an all an on all conference player or, or anything like that. But he's way better at defensive end than he was a linebacker. Um, there's no doubt about it. I mean, he's clearly better. You you can't keep missing with your kids. You you got to get them in the right spot. Listen, the next major concern that I have is James Williams. I don't care where you put him on the field, Gary. Free safety, strong safety, nickel, rover, where the hell you want to put him? Defensive end, spy, and, uh, weak side linebacker. That kid has to be playing. I prefer that he plays in the box. Okay, but you and don't you think that they should have thrown him out there against Alabama, do you? 
No, but he better be playing a hell of a lot of snaps this, this upcoming weekend, I'll tell you that. Correct. And Leonard Taylor's got to play. I agree. That I agree with, yeah. I don't want to see him get hurt like Rousseau against, you know, Crabapple Cove Senior High School or such Connecticut State. I want to see him go ahead against a quality team, an App State's a quality team, and if he screws up, big deal, he screws up. You have to show these kids that are considering you for next year that you're going to come play right away because we know these older guys, they're not, they don't perform. If they did, we wouldn't be in the situation we're in. It's nothing personal, Gary. The young guys have to start playing more. And if, if you lose playing Leonard, snaps 20, Leonard Taylor 20 snaps and James Williams 30 snaps, I'm, I'm down. Okay, they're playing. You're evolving. And they're getting better and they're not making the same damn mistakes. That, that proves how good of a teacher you are with quality talent. Yeah, I think, you can, I think you'll start you, seeing those guys out there. But it's, Alabama it's, was, not, not, was not the time to do it. Well, look at the you know, Cam, Cam, Cam they, had to, they had to put out there. They, uh, you know, and he, he played for a true freshman, unbelievable. But he had his moments Did where he? he was a little lost. Yeah, he had some moments where he was a little lost. Oh, he messed up coverages at least three times. Like two of the touchdowns he messed up, no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, but you know, you can't, least, those guys aren't going to hold plays. up over a ball game or anything. They're not ready to be out there for a whole game. But, well, but you, know, you can start spotting them in. I, I totally agree with you. I, I just, I'm just so frustrated. I mean, anything I else for us, everything? We were going to be in this situation. Last thing, recruiting-wise. Where'd you go? There are a couple of kids that were at the game. You got anything else? And a good friend of mine and his family were I there. lost them. All right, 563-999-3550. 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show, let's go out to the 973. You are now live on Kane Sport Live. 973, you with us? You with us, 973? All right, something weird's going on here. Let's see. I hope, I hope I'm still with everybody and that the board didn't just go dead. Um, 352. Let's go out to the 352. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, can you hear me? All right, if you guys Gary. can still hear me, I, I've, I appear to have lost the connection here. Give me a minute to, uh, to get it back, and uh, we'll, we'll try again. Right, let's try this again. Nine seven three. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing this evening?
All right, hopefully everybody can hear me now. Sorry about that. I don't know what happened. Everything went dead. So um, let's try to pick up the show. Um, let's go out to the 973. You are now live on King Sport Live. 973, can you hear me? Go out to the 973, can you hear me? Nine seven three, can you hear me? Let's go out to the three five. Gary, you there? Now live on. There we go. Three five two, are you with me? There we go. I'm I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, this is three five two, right? Yeah. Okay, good. All right, we're working. Did Blake James? (laughs) Did Blake James take over Kane Sports? I don't know what the heck happened, man. Somebody nuked the whole damn thing. I don't, it just stopped working. But uh, I, I think we're good now. So uh, who's this? What's I think Manny, Manny's, running, Manny's running the board. Is that what's going on? <laughs> I don't know, man. That, that was the first. I, it just, everything just went dead. <laughs> we, could, we could all hear you, but you couldn't hear us. You cut off, you, you cut off everything. He was still talking, and you said you couldn't hear him, but whatever. Yeah, I couldn't hear a thing. But anyway, so I can hear you now, so go ahead. Oh. Let's, All right, let's try to get it. the show back going. Hey, listen, I, I, I went to Atlanta, okay? And, and beyond, beyond all the money that all those fans spent, we went to Atlanta in the middle of the worst pandemic, exposed ourselves to all these people to see our team play. You know, it's the worst pandemic in 100 years. So we're, so we're not just putting up money. We're risking our health to go see, know. you know, what Kane's play. So right. like I was that the whole time. I mean, it, it was like a coronavirus convention without a doubt. I mean, I you mean, had like 1,700 people at the party on Friday night. I mean, it, it, was, it was, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. So it's not just about spending the money. I mean, that's how, that's how passionate those people, myself included, are. Is that we're willing to risk our health to go and cheer on our team, and and at least play the dang game, and and it wasn't even close to that. And so, listen, I, I've been on your show a bunch, Gary, and I've always told you how I see it. And this is a Blake James problem. Blake, there's not of the big three sports, we have sucked horribly for the past ten to fifteen years. I don't even think there's oh, no, a question no. about it. Not basketball. No, not basketball. Absolutely not basketball. Basketball is one ATP titles. But, I mean, he's done a phenomenal job. They got, they got totally derailed by the FBI thing, and now his age is becoming a problem because they lost a couple recruiting classes, and now he's got to try to recruit out of it, and it's very hard to recruit at that age. Well, football has sucked horribly. Baseball has not been that much better. I mean, you're, you're, you're judged by whether or not you're winning national championships. And, and we've won none in the big three 
sports, really, with Blake James behind the, the wheel and doesn't get it or he can't do it. And I think that's true on both of them. He doesn't get it and he can't do it. Kirby Smart said something over the weekend that, that was so true. He said, you're either elite or you're not. We're just not. And it doesn't matter where we are. We're just not elite in anything. Now, you can say that this is a recruiting issue, and it probably is to an extent, but then you're talking about what comes first, chicken or the egg, right? You have to win the games to get the recruits. That's just the way that it, it flows in college football. I, I mean, Florida no State's doing it this year. I, I, I hope that you could explain how Florida State's having such a great recruiting year this year, even though they have been horrible. But that's typically the way that this flows, is you win the games, then you get the recruits. Their staff's doing a good job, man. I mean, I, I gotta give, I give them total credit. I mean, you can't you can't uh, analyze it the other way. Their staff's doing a great job, and you know, I don't think you have to have one to recruit. I mean, I think you know, you Butch totally dispelled that. I mean, we weren't winning in the first years of Butch and and whatever. But if you do a good job and you recruit well and you sell a vision and uh, I mean, it, it can be done. I mean, there's no reason to make excuses for anything, but. You know, no doubt. Like right now, the kids want to see winning because you have an unproven head coaching situation and an unproven um, program in general right now. So yeah, winning is very important. But make no mistake. With regards to the bring 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 Nick Saban in and make him the head coach of Miami, and Miami would have one of the top two or three recruiting classes in the country. Like you know, it's 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 you know, it, it, it matters. So I obviously was at the game. I left. I left around the third quarter after uh, they scored that first touchdown. The third quarter, uh, but I watched the game again twice on TV, and I didn't think Flag was particularly great. I thought that he was hesitant. I thought Jennings was basically terrible. I actually thought. I mean, Huff only played like two plays, but I thought that he actually stuck his nose in there and had some instinct. I don't, why is it, Why isn't Huff playing more? think he struggles with with assignments and stuff yeah but the He's regular the guys athletic. are struggling with assignments <laughs> I, mean, I understand i mean our starters they don't, are struggling they, they, with assignments i understand but you know i mean it is what it, I mean, it is what it is i mean yeah every, i mean flag you know flag was was really starting for the first time for the, you know so you can't really say that he was missing assignments we don't really know that um I mean, he had, like, one you tackle. Keontra Smith. I know. I understand. Keontra Smith also starting for the first time. You know, I mean, it's hard to say he was missing assignments, but, you know, just on watching it without knowing exactly where he's supposed to be and what he's supposed to be doing. But the point is, you know, Huff, I think the thing holding him back is not athletic ability, but it's doing the right things. Well, if the other guys aren't doing the right things, you might as well play the guy who's going to have more instinct and is, is attacking the ball. I, th- I thought he actually attacked the ball and, and hit a gap really well when I saw him play. But um, what's going on with Gervin Hall? Like, is he he's just out to lunch? Is he just gone? Is he lost cause? Because, like, he just got smoked on that touchdown, the 94-yard so touchdown. Yeah, he was supposed to be over the top helping Ivy. Like, I don't understand why he wasn't there for the help. He's just very inconsistent. You know, he'll give you two good plays and a bad play. 
couple good plays yeah. and a bad play, another bad play, a couple good plays. It's just very inconsistent. But well, um, the instinct is for everybody to say, oh, James Williams and Cam Kinchins are the answer. Get rid of these older guys and put them back. You know, it's not as simple as that because, you know, you're assuming that James Williams and Cam Kinchins are going to hold up for 70 plays too, and I don't know that that's reality, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm actually going to take a different perspective than you are on – getting better talent in here. I know you said that you cannot go to the transfer portal well too often, that you have to develop the team from the bottom up with recruiting. I think that at this point, for us to be successful, if you're not going to bring in a new head coach, I think you're wrong. I think under these circumstances with Manny Diaz, as bad as a coach he, as he is, because he is a horrible coach. He's just not good, right? He, they're obviously doing something in practice that's not good. He's not a good game day coach. He's not drawing up good schemes, and he's not managing the game well. So he's just a poor coach all around. So if he's going to continue to be the coach, the only way that you're going to dig yourself out of this hole, if he just sells out and goes deep into the transfer portal, like you're just going to yeah, have to I'll, get I'll agree with you. Four, five, four or five new offensive I'll, I'll lines. Agree. You're going to have – you have to. I'll agree with you to the a The only point, way he gets out of this mess. Let, let me ask you this. Could they have really hit the transfer portal any better than they have the last couple of years, and where has it gotten us? You know, we still can't line up with the best well, teams in college football. We've gone um, six and seven and eight and three the last two years owning the transfer portal. It's, it's, it's a good supplement, but the core of your team, you're not going you to sign 20 transfers a year. Like, the core of your team has to be traditional recruiting. You could bring in – seven to eight transfers of, 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 of really important positions. You could bring in seven or eight transfers. They haven't done that. You know, they brought in maybe three, maybe four at best. Oh, I mean, we were pretty seven, close eight. to seven a couple of years ago. I, don't, I forget the exact number, but I uh, feel. Look yeah, back but when was Tate Martell? Ago, yeah, and, and Tommy Kennedy. Martell, you know, there know. Were, there were, yeah, there were misses in there. But, you know, you, got, you, got, you yeah. did get Bolden and Dick. Phillips and um, the Tito, uh, I forget his last name, um, defensive yeah, line in Illinois. Look, those, are, those are the best players. Those are the best players in our team. Like, I don't know yeah, about but they're not, they're, they're not making point, a difference in your season is what I'm saying. You know, I mean, you know, K.J. Osborne was a very good receiver. He's not making the difference between beating Alabama and not being Alabama. The, the core of your team better be traditional recruiting, and you better be doing a good job at it. I think that's the only way Manny digs himself out of this hole is just going full out transfer well, portal and getting guys in who hole. can play now. I'm not, I don't know that yeah. he's going to be able to dig himself out of this hole. I really don't. Like, you know, he can, I think he could win 10 games this year. Now, if you want to consider that, he could win 10 games this year. They could get destroyed by Alabama and then destroyed by Clemson. Is that digging himself out of the hole? I mean, it depends. It depends what your standard is. It depends what the expectations are. That's why I said at the beginning of the show, what is what is what is the big picture goal? I don't, I can't answer that. You know, yep. if if, 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 right, if you if you ask Blake, if you say to Blake, what's the big picture goal? He's going to tell you we want to win championships. But are they willing to, you know, are they willing to run the program at a level that it takes that it would take to win championships? That's a that's a legit question. Yeah. You know, everybody, you know, that's the old saying. Everybody wants to be successful. Everybody wants to be rich. But are you willing to put in the work or what's necessary to become that? Most people aren't, and I don't think Blake is, and I don't think Manny is. 
Because he's obviously running practice wrong. Can we agree on that? Practice is being run wrong somehow, some way. We don't know it, but it, it has to be. I mean, the evidence was, seems to suggest, I mean, the tackling was horrendous. You know, I, I, I watched him. I, we go, I was out there today watching practice. I was watching them do the same tackling circuit that they've been doing for the last several years. It doesn't work. I don't know. I mean, I, tackling in the game was No, terrible. it doesn't. It doesn't work because the proof is evident on Saturdays. I, I mean, if, if that's the flame, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I don't know how else you judge that. What other metrics do you judge this by than, than how well are you performing on Saturday? Yeah. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. I, mean, I agree. I don't disagree with you at all. But, I mean, I don't know if the tackling drills – I know they're doing tackling drills. Now, I can't say, oh, their great. tackling drills suck. You know, um, Nick Saban's tackling drills are better because I don't watch Nick Saban's tackling drills. But um, – I know they're. Try- I know they are practicing tackling, but you know it's not. It's and you know Nick Saban's team. teams are tackling. You know Nick Saban's they, teams they, are tackling. They certainly, they certainly didn't look like they had a tackling problem on Saturday. All right, man. Well, thank you for being part of the show. Sorry for the uh, few minutes of technical difficulties there, but I'm glad we got you on. All right. All right, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. Thank everybody for sticking with us through that little technical glitch. Not quite sure what went on there, but at least we're back in action here. Um, hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show, and let's go to the 941. You're live on King Sport Live. Hey, Gary. Can you hear me? Mike, how are you, man? Yeah. What an embarrassment, dude. That was an that was horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. Yeah, did you write a song you know, about it? Did your band <laughs> did your band record a song for us? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, right. I'm gonna I'm gonna record a song about how how we get how we get totally blown out of out of a ball game on national television. And but you didn't expect to win, right? From the, you, you, huh? you didn't go into that expecting to win, right? Oh no no no! I expected comp- to, to be at competition. least a little bit competitive. Yep, competitive. You know? Yep, yep. Yeah, to be competitive. You know, to you're playing the number one team in the country for crying out loud. I mean, can't offensively can't you throw everything but the kitchen sink at them? Where's the trick plays? I mean, where where's the aggression? You know, I I'm looking at the body language out there, and I'll tell you, it was it just. It just seemed like to me it was dead. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't. No, I don't think that was the problem. It wasn't that the kids didn't want to play well. It wasn't that they lacked enthusiasm or were flat or anything like that. I don't. I don't think that was the case at all. I think one, they were in a tough matchup physically. I think Alabama is is a is a very unique, well coached, well recruited, well well developed, well everything team. And if you're going to compete with those guys, you, you're going to need to be the same. And there's not that many teams out there that are the same. I mean, I, I can't wait to see what, what Florida looks like when they play them in a couple of weeks. I, but, you know, I think Clemson can play with them. I think uh, Georgia can play with them. And I uh, have not seen enough Ohio State to this point, but we'll see how they do uh, this weekend against Mario's team. But, um, 
you know, yeah. there's not going to be a lot of teams that are going to be at that level to play with those guys that, that have put together three, four, five good recruiting classes that are, that are solid at every position. So Miami wasn't winning that game, but that doesn't mean they couldn't have shown up with good game plans and, 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 a, and a, just a, a good, um, a good plan in general. And, been a representative college football team, been competitive, and they weren't. I mean, Alabama could have won that game by 70 if they really wanted to. Yeah, they could have. You're right, they could have. no doubt. There's, there's no doubt. But, you know, I still think that if, if, if uh, Rhett Lashley had thrown everything but the kitchen sink at them, at least, you know, a few trick plays, a flea flicker, you know, a reverse maybe, something. Of, of, uh, they they, they, need, they needed to just oh just unleash the passing game. Um, you know if you're going to go down, go down swinging it because they weren't going to power football Alabama. Okay, I no. mean you know you have to run every now and then to change pace. They were fifty fifty run pass in that game. I mean that's ridiculous. Right. Like you know fifty fifty run pass great maybe against Virginia in a few weeks. But yeah, like you're playing, you're playing Alabama, you know, that has a physical advantage on you, you with with a very average offensive line. You're not smash mouth foot, footballing those guys, so it shouldn't have no. been fifty fifty. I mean, it should have been seventy five twenty five. I mean, they were and playing I didn't against taking shots more. down the field like crazy. Well, they were playing. I mean, every time they, every time they went down the field, they got a penalty or a completion, right? Yeah. <laughs> but they were playing against the top four, you know, first-round picks, you know, uh, uh, top four first-round picks on that defensive line. I mean, they were getting manhandled up front, Gary, big time. I, know. I mean, Scaife missed his block on that one play, and I think it was Charleston Rambo who got behind the defender by at least two or three steps, and King – had him right there, but he didn't. He didn't get a chance to throw the ball because he got sacked because Scaff missed his block against Allen. That's where Allen broke his foot, fractured his foot. It was on that one play. Mm-hmm. Did um, yeah? I don't remember. I think I think I might have seen one screen pass the whole night. Yeah, yeah, that's it. The, Besides things to slow them down. Played. What's that? You know, just things to slow them down. You know, have three, four, five. Green pass plays in the in the playbook for the game. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I, you know, I would I would. It, it was obvious they could they could go deep on them. I would have been going. You know, I would have started doing that a lot earlier in the game and, and and finding that out in the first quarter instead of you know late in the second. And, you know, I, you know, I don't. I mean, I just I didn't. I just felt like they didn't even like they didn't even challenge. Like they didn't. They just didn't come out with the with with a mental mindset of just you know just turning doing things a little bit differently than you know just you're not playing a normal team, right? <laughs> and here's here's the one thing that bugs me too. No end. It's it's fourth down goal. You're at the half you're at the half yard line and you run the ball up the middle. Quarterback sneak up the middle and you get stuck for a loss. Yeah, that's and Alabama. tricky. They they were trying to be cute. They were trying to hurry up and, and catch the defense before it got set. And the referee was slow placing the ball and getting out of the way. So the whole thing right. 
didn't didn't go the way it was supposed to, and instead of pulling the plug on it and not running the play, they tried to do it anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, but <laughs> I don't know. There's just a lot of things that just went wrong, horribly wrong, obviously. You know, but we haven't been competitive well, yeah. against a good team in in a long time since 2017. So, you know, it obviously um, is what it is for now, and. You know, yeah, the, the the success for Miami football this year is going to be measured on can they, can you get to Charlotte, and then the probably same yep. thing is going to probably happen against Clemson. Yep, yep, same thing's going to happen. I expect that. And what I mean, if they win the coastal, yeah. But what if you don't win the coastal? <laughs> you know, now then what? So we'll see. We can, we we just got to see how this plays out. We'll know we'll know in the next four, five, six, seven weeks where this is going. Right. Um, it's going to be right. very hard, you know. It's good. It's going to be very hard to not slip up at least, you know, at least once. I mean, winning eleven games in a row. I mean, is there any sign that that we're going to be able to do that? I mean, I I I have a hard time imagining that, but it would be great. <laughs> yeah, it would be. I have a hard time imagining it too, Gary. I'm with you on that one. But, but, For but, sure. but we'll be in it. We'll we'll have a chance in every game. We will be. We're, we're not going to be outclassed again. Let's put it that way. Oh, yeah. Not unless we get to Charlottesville and face Clemson. Then we're going to be outclassed again. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> so, all right, Gary. All right, well, Mike. Sir. I'll let you go. Yep. Thanks, I'll let thanks you go for calling. We'll, talk to, you. we'll, we'll right. talk to you next week. All right. Take care. 3-999-3550. 563-999-3550. Hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 917. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up, Gary? BK Hurricane. Hey, what's up, BK? What's going on? Not much, man. What's on your mind? All right. Uh, um, I really didn't, you know, I was in and out in the game. I had a lot of family things going on. But, you know, I really didn't pay that much attention to it because, you know, in a way I kind of knew the outcome of the game. Uh, and the whole plan was just like we've been saying all week, is can Miami at least show – some kind of competitive spirit. But the reality of it is nobody – there's only one or two teams that play Alabama every year that show competitive spirit. Ohio State went into the national championship, thought they could show competitive spirit. Alabama put 30 on them. You understand what I'm saying? So this, this may be an overreaction from Canes fans. Oh, this is an overreaction. It doesn't matter who Alabama would have played that day, the outcome would have been the same. I don't care who you would have lined up in front of him, maybe except Georgia. Georgia's defense is looking elite, like Kirby Smart said. You're either elite or you're not. Mm-hmm. Any team you would have put up against this Alabama team on Saturday, the outcome would have been the same. Maybe this was the best that Rhett Lashley could do. Maybe he did try. Maybe he did try to implement all these schemes. Who knows? But well, Alabama is just that much better. I know, but there are six but BK, here's, NFL here's, let players me tell you why it wasn't on that the best. defense. But BK, let me tell you why it wasn't the best. It wasn't the best because of all the the mentals and the mistakes that were taking place out there. When when you have when you have receivers that are running routes at the wrong length and things like that, that's not your best. Uh, you know, when you have defensive backs that are doing the right thing one play and the wrong thing the next, that's not your best. Um, you know, 
your best is when everyone is on point, knows what they're supposed to do, goes out there and does it, and the other team is just so physically dominant that there's nothing you can do about it. That's your best. Yeah. We didn't get that Saturday for whatever well, reason. And I don't know what the reason is. We didn't get that Saturday. We don't know what the reason is, but, but the other team was physically better. They looked better than us. They're more impressive looking than us. They look like a bunch of grown men out there. We look still like, you know, a couple years out of high school. Everybody on their defense recruiting. like they was right. It's recruiting. It's it's also coaching, and it's also your strength and development uh, uh, feeling in those guys. All those things have a hand in it. And this just goes to show you how far behind Miami is. As good as Feely is and as much as, the you know the students and the I mean um, the players rave about him. They did the same thing about Swayze and look where it got him. Oh, they raved about Swayze. Oh, NFL guys coming back every year to work out with Swayze. It didn't translate to anything on the field. And I'm afraid to say even if my even if Manny does escape this year and manage to put together a good season and he is by some miracle given an extension. He's going to have to continue to make changes to that coaching staff, particularly Packy and maybe someone else, and get some recruiters up in here. Because you can't have two recruiters <laughs> carrying the whole team, which is pretty much what it, what what it's looking like right now. The Fields guy and um and uh, T Rod. So even if he does escape doing anything and gets that extension, it's still going to be another turnover of more, okay, now we have new coaches again. Oh, now we have a new line. We need a linebackers coach, a proven, which is fact. I don't know what it is we need, but maybe we need to get some wins under our belts, develop some momentum, and just do something. Because there's only five elite teams in the whole college football, and we can't beat any of them like 90-something percent of the um, NCAA as well. So how do we get to that level? That's the mystery. The question they're going to they're gonna have to start asking themselves, and, and if the decision is made that Manny can't do it, then what do they do? You know, it, I don't see Manny doing what Mark Rick did, you know. So it, I don't see Manny saying, okay, you, know, you, you did me a solid, you gave me three years, I couldn't narrow the gap. You know, I'm going to – I'm going to step aside and let you, you know, go get somebody else. I don't see that happening. So, you know, we'll see how this goes. I think first we've got to see how this season plays out as a whole and then right. make an evaluation at the end. Right. Let's see. We still have a few obstacles in front of us. Virginia Tech is no looking doubt. pretty good. It's early. Yeah, but North Carolina is going to get better, and NC State looks good. And, you know, State looks good. You know, Pittsburgh will be representative. <laughs> Pittsburgh will be Virginia ready to go. Virginia will games. be ready to go. Yeah, you're gonna have if five, we, six, seven of these games that are that are gonna, you know, potentially go go either way. I mean, that's gonna be the season. So we'll see we how it goes. I think that we. I'm sorry. If we could get past those guys, no, I was just gonna say I don't. I just don't think we should. Anybody should overreact right now. I mean, you know, yeah, they they played very poorly, and Alabama was far physically superior. Um, right. I agree, with you 100%. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. It's too early. The season starts effectively this Saturday. If we could just take care of business 
Yeah. By the end of the year, but in the big picture, PK, three months from now, in the big big picture, three months from now, the big picture is not going to be any different. That that would be the only point I would make. I I I think we saw what the big picture is. We're not even close to 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 these times. We're not even close. We're not close to Alabama. I get it. We're not close. Yeah, or or about five or six, or about five or six other teams, PK. Clemson is a hey man, I gotta I gotta let you go right now because because we got we got we got a special guest on the line, so I gotta let you go. Give us give us a call next week. We'll see how this after state game goes. All right, my man. You got it. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, guys, it's time for our point counterpoint segment, uh, where the voice of the fan, Bruce Warner, comes on with a former Canes great, and we got a good one tonight. I think I'm gonna let uh, Bruce introduce them. And um, Bruce, you with us? I'm here. All yeah, right. I've got a guy who was uh, a, a pretty good football player at the University of Miami. Wound up being the first pick in the draft, selected by the Dallas Cowboys. Um, and I don't think he knows that I know this, but he happens to be the founding member and the president and chairman of the board of the Stan Thomas Fan Club. So here's Russell <laughs> Merrill and you guys, my friend. <laughs> Hey, what's up? Hey, you, know, you didn't I know, did that, know I that, that I knew that, huh, buddy? <laughs> oh, I, did, I didn't know that. <laughs> you didn't know you were the chairman either, but you know it now. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. And I, I don't know, man. A lot of people might, uh, you know, that was 30 years ago, man. So a lot of people might know, want to know who Stan Thomas is, you know. So. Well, I knew it because the guys were calling me during the entire week of what was going on, and I found out about that like five seconds after it happened. So, yeah, I was, I've been aware of it for the longest time. So anyway, so Russell Maryland joins us, and here's a guy yes. that can talk about defensive line. There you go. So you uh, watched the game, my friend, and welcome to the show. And Gary Furman and I, uh, Bruce Warner, you know, hosting the, on the show. Thanks for coming on again, and uh, it's, it's always great to hear from you. You know, you've been a friend of mine for a long time. I love you and your family. So let's talk about what we saw. And you know that I've been saying for years, because I listened to you, that the D-tackles yes. set the tone on the defensive line. Well, what did always. we see the other night, my friend? Oh man, Whew. where do I start? <laughs> where do I start? <laughs> we got a, we we have we got a little ways to go, um, and uh, you know, uh, thing is, I don't think they quit. Uh, you know, I think they uh, they played as hard as they could have. Uh, you know, what I like to see, and the thing that jumped out at me, Bruce and Gare, is just technique, technique. I you know. I, you know and, I, I'd hate to compare to when we were back in, the, in our heyday, but, you know, when, when I'm looking at the two inside guys and I compare them to how me and Cortez, how we hit that line, how we how we hit the field. Not a fair comparison, it, Russell. I well, understand what you're trying to say. Not exactly a fair comparison. Well, that, that's, just my, that's just my frame of reference, man. Okay. You know, any good defensive tackle, not just myself, and I don't mean to try to pat myself on the back or – Cortez may rest in peace, but uh, you know you got to attack the ball, man. It's all about attacking the ball, uh, staying low, coming off hard, playing with with uh, hat in hand, and uh, being square to the line of scrimmage. A lot of times, what I saw in that game, and uh, these things can be corrected, and I know Coach Jess is going to get it corrected. Um, you got when you have guys uh, on combination blocks when you get doubled, which those these tackles are going to get doubled a lot. And you're running the ball, and uh, you, you find your, that your, you know, instead of being square 
and uh, being ready to make a tackle when the running back comes through or when the lineman goes off to the second level to a linebacker, instead of your shoulders being square and looking at that that, that running back, I saw all too often guys looking with their, to the sideline. And you can't make a play if you're looking towards one sideline or the other and your shoulders are turned. Um, um, you have to play low and hard and square to the line of scrimmage, and you have to play with good hands. And uh, if, if, if those guys can get better on that, uh, you know, big number one, 81, 96, and I think 91, uh, if those guys can work on that and make it a point to work on that, playing against the run, they'll be fine. And, uh, and then – when it comes time to, you know, you stop them for, you know, one or two yards or a tackle for loss or whatever, and you get them third down long, then you can go back and worry about rushing that passer. Um, I think uh, I, I saw a lot of guys um, really kind of not really hitting and attacking like I would love to have seen. So let me ask you a follow-up. How come they don't know that by now? They had eight months to get ready for this. They've had a couple of years. They still don't know to keep their shoulders like that? I, I, what am I missing, Russell? How do you not know well, that? You know what? I, 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 like I said, uh, and I'm sure they know, uh, you know, uh, Coach Simpson uh, uh, is, a, is no slouch when it comes to coaching, I'm sure. Uh, it's just a matter of uh, you, you really have to, for one, be able to do it. Uh, and you have for two, you have to really concentrate and work on those things. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, you know, I, I'd hope to see that the ability was there, um, uh, and, and everybody could get better. Uh, this is just the first game; everybody can get better. Uh, but uh, I, so I hope to say, you know, with the, what Miami recruits, they rec- they should be able to recruit that ability. But then once you get the ability there on campus, you got to work them. You got to work at it, work at it, work at it, and not rest on your laurels and think that well, since because you got a scholarship and you made it uh, due to the U, um, you got to you got to keep working on your technique, working on your craft, uh, and that's that's what uh, that's what I tried to do when I was there. That's what I was taught uh, by Jerome Brown and you know the Derwin Joneses, uh, Cortez, and you know uh, Greg Jones. Marks, uh, Jimmy Jones. You know the, the list goes on and on and on. We, we, we handed that tradition down of working on great, great technique, attacking the ball, and controlling the line of scrimmage. But didn't you guys also, when I used to go and watch you guys practice and then scrimmage, you guys tackled each other. You beat the hell out of each other. And, and that's what yeah. Steven told me. He said he would go against you and Tez if, on a third and short. He might have gained maybe three feet. But in the real game, he was able to get two, three yards because he wasn't going against you guys. But these guys, yeah. I don't think they're tackling that hard. I don't think they, they may practice it, but their scrimmages are like baby scrimmages. They're not beating the hell out of each other. I remember the first, what was 89 when, De- when Dennis got there? You guys, uh-huh. were, the offense could not move the ball the entire spring and fall practice. I went to That's watch right. it. And then the first game, they scored 51 points on, on Wisconsin because look who they were playing. They weren't playing you guys. I don't think they're doing the ones and the ones, and I don't think they're tackling. So when you get into a game, no wonder they look like they're missing tackles and bad angles. They're not really scrimmaging like you guys used to do. Am I, am I well, wrong? That, no, no, you're not wrong. And you're down there. You see them, and you're, you're there uh, every day, day in and day out, checking them out. Uh, and I'm not. So I, no, I I'm not there I, now. But when you guys were there, I was there all the time. They let us go over there. We used to watch you guys. Well, well, well yeah. What I'm saying is, uh, you know, you, you've seen us and how how it's supposed to be done. Now, you know, it's one thing to be said about the new NCAA rules or whatever, but I guess Alabama has those same rules. So, yeah, maybe. Uh, 
<laughs> You're right, baby. <laughs> but uh, you know, um, I, I, I'd like to think that they aren't uh, holding back when it comes to scrimmaging because if you don't scrimmage well, it's going to show. And uh, hopefully, that's not the reason why we got embarrassed uh, this past Saturday. No, I think it's, it's part of it. There's a there's a laundry list. I mean, you could talk about it with it, Gary it, too. It, it's a laundry list. Yeah, I, I think yeah. it's part of it also because. Because you know, I don't. I, don't, I understand they, like they like to scrimmage one versus twos because they're, they're trying to develop the twos to be as good as the ones and that kind of thing. But at some point, this team is not deep enough and not good enough to where the ones aren't getting work against the ones. Like when you go to the, to the twos on this team, it's not like the twos back when you were playing Russell. This is a whole different deal, right. and the, the quality is just not there. Um, the thing that. I've been struggling to wrap my hands around, and I, and I hope that you can provide some insight into this, is this whole notion of you go through spring practice, you go through fall camp, you, you work on technique, you do all the drills. Um, if you're a receiver, you work on your routes, and then you get to game day and you basically, you know, wet the bed. Like, you know, you crap your pants. Like, yeah. all of a sudden, a, rec- a receiver is supposed to run a 20-yard route and he cuts it off at 12 yards. Uh, that was an example we heard today. Yeah. Um, you know, you have mental busts all over the defense, defensive backfield and things like that, and re- receivers are, are being turned loose, and, and, and now you've got to go back and try to make corrections and fixes and all the, this. Like, Russell, you played football for many, many years. Can you explain to us how yeah. this happens and, and how you have so much that you have to correct after you've gone through spring practice and fall camp? Right. Well, you know what? Uh, the, the 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 way, and I've been on uh, some teams like that. You know, when I was, I played with the Raiders in the mid '90s, and we were pretty bad. And uh, what happened was we didn't practice well. Uh, we uh, we had, uh, uh, and and another thing is, you know, we didn't we didn't truly know what uh, what real winning was all about. Uh, you try to win every day, every battle on the practice field, and you take that uh, that supreme confidence to game day. And if you don't if, – if, if, if those that, quote, unquote, wet the bed are those that aren't really ready for prime time, you know, uh, it's kind of a, you know, paper champs. You know, they, 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 they talk a good game uh, and, and are not ready uh, for when the lights hit them and the, the so-called uh, bullets start flying, you know, uh, when the whistle blows. And uh, that may be the issue uh, with our guys. Uh, hopefully it's not. Hopefully, this, you know, we could just write it off as Alabama just being a, a far superior team, uh, you know, on, on that day. And, uh, you know, they can uh, kind of regroup and get after it and, uh, you know, put a string of wins together. Uh, but, uh, you know, just <laughs> Alabama and being in that big game uh, early in the season like that, really being exposed like that isn't, doesn't bode well for the, for, for the University of Miami. And, I, you know, I, I feel bad, but, uh, hey, I ain't got too long to feel bad. We got App State coming up, uh, and uh, we, we, we need to turn things around. Yeah, it's kind of hard to correct all those things that went wrong because they still had dumb penalties. They still had yeah. a targeting. They still had a, you know, uh, they still were, the tackling was bad. The angles were bad. Uh, they looked really small compared to these guys. And I don't know whether Alabama's got like 50 or 60 P-test 
guys that take the P test for the players. Uh, and I, I don't know, but it sure looks like it. And yet our guys have been no, here three, four, five years, and they can't get much bigger. They recruit <laughs> well, bigger players. You know, they, they recruit the, the creme de la creme of college football. And yeah, that's why they're still, bigger. We can still get bigger. We could still get bigger and stronger, Gary. We're not. I don't. We just look like little boys out there compared to some of these guys. And this, and the things but that I just they, mentioned they, are, are mistakes that have nothing to do with size. They just they're, they're just not. They they were not out there. I, Gary and I talked about it Wednesday night on the Lamar Thomas show. We had Lamar. We had Gino. Uh, we had Melvin was on, and we we're talking about you know you got to at least go after this kid and knock him in his ass a few times. This is his first start. He was out there like he probably could have been the man from Glad. He was all white. And then nothing, he had no marks in his uniform. I don't even know if they hit him too many times. It's just hard yeah. to believe that they played like that. Yeah, you know, it, looked, it really looked, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm sitting in a, <laughs> in a restaurant kind of looking at it, you know, and uh, uh, nobody's really paying attention to it because, uh, I mean, it's just such a lopsided game, man. And, uh, you know, it's just really a lot of things. A lot of things were, were bad and uh you know, I, I'm just hoping that it's not indicative of uh, where the program is headed. I, I hope you're I, right. I know that they were talking about DVD and T. Rob were talking about jamming their receivers. I couldn't even see our DBs in the screen, and I have a, a 75 inch screen television. I couldn't see them. They were not jamming these guys. I don't know what they were, they were doing. It. Their cushions yeah. were unbelievable. Uh, Looks like they're roaming free. Uh, yeah, they're roaming free. And so I mean you got so you got to put pressure. Uh, you know I, I didn't see a lot of that. Um, you, you 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 know uh, you can't just let the the wide receivers run one one rough shot all over you. It, it, it really was a bad it was a bad look. But I got hope, guys. I got hope. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, you know I'm always going to pull for the for, for the guys uh, from here in the, in the North Texas where I am, and uh, uh, you know want the best for them. Uh, but it is. It was dis- as discouraging as it was. I think we can, we can always do better, and we will do better. And uh, I just are you coming have- to town for the Michigan State game? You know what? I I, I, I was not a part of that uh, team. You know, you mean as far as uh, the uh, the, the 91s? 30- I think it was the 30 years. Yeah, yeah. I was I was gone. I left in 91. Yeah, but you could still come. I, I, I'll I let you in the stadium. Don't worry about it. You know what? Hey, yeah. If they uh, <laughs> I'll show up, man, and uh, you know, cheer, cheer my boys on. You know, I, le- I left a good team for uh, for you guys in '91. <laughs> yeah, you certainly did. Uh, you certainly did. Um, yeah. What else is hey, going that, on in your life? Well, Gary, you ask him questions. I'm tired yeah, of well, talking he, to this he, guy. He, here's what I wanted to, to ask you about. <laughs> like, you know, you're, I always get around with you. <laughs> hey, Rush, yeah, your yeah. son yeah, no, had, had the opportunity to be involved with Miami a little bit as a recruit last year. Um, I know he ended up going yeah. to Boston College, right? Um, yeah. And yeah. obviously that's a great spot for him to go play tight end. Yeah, you've got, you know, a good offense up there for the tight end and everything. But um, what was that experience like? Tell us about the experience of being recruited by Miami and how how they're handling how recruiting and just what your general thoughts were. You know what? Uh, you know, my son, uh, RJ, uh, he had 24 offers from uh, different schools beginning in January and all the way through know, the whole five-month period uh, throughout the summer. And when things opened up, you know, we took uh, – my wife and I, we, uh, we got together and said, hey, what are the, let's get a top three 
and let's go take some official visits. So our top three uh, that we chose was Wisconsin, uh, Boston College, and Miami. And, you know, uh, you know, I, I never did want to be able to, that father to push his son and say, hey, you're going to go to Miami. You know, but in, in the back of my mind, <laughs> that's all I can see him is in the, in the orange and green, in the orange and green, you know. But I never, I never did want to push him. So you know, I wanted him to be able to, to drive the decision. And uh, it was, a, it was a good process, you know. Um, uh, you know, we um, Wisconsin had signed the guy, and so we weren't able to take that trip because the spot was already taken. And so it was really between Miami and Boston College. And uh, we took the visit to Miami, and uh, you know, it was good to be back on campus. And, you know, see my, my picture up and, my, my you know, I had a sense of pride coming back and seeing some familiar faces. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, after we uh, we, we visited, uh, at the end of the day, you know, Boston College really came with, they came strong. Uh, you know, they, um, they, they, have, they, they're going to be able to put my son in position uh, whether it's a tight end or whether it's, uh, you know, whether he's a, a F fullback or whatever, uh, he, he'll be able to roam and do some good things offensively for him uh, that uh, Miami wasn't able to commit to uh, in that sense. Well, they have a good coach, and that team is on the rise, Russell, so you may see him in, in the, in the uh, ACC Coastal game before we see Miami. Who knows? You know, they do have well, a good coach. Well, they do have a good coach. Uh, I'm familiar with Coach Halfley, and uh, he uh, I, uh, he did a great job at uh, at Ohio State. Uh, you know, he was with the Cleveland Browns before then, and uh, you know, I think he I think he'll do well. So, um, I, and I I hope he'll do well. I hope that we see Miami a couple times before, and uh, hope my son can get after you guys. <laughs> and I know Judge Judge promised to be his personal coach, right? I'm not going to get like that, but. Uh, <laughs> Did, did, did Chud offer to be his personal coach up there? Who was that? Rob Chud? Yeah, Rob <laughs> Chudinski. Did, you know, he's working as a consultant up there, um, or an yeah, analyst, yeah, I guess. Yeah, did he I know. promise uh, to? Yeah. You know, Chud, uh, you know what? Chud has, is a brilliant guy. I uh, you know, love Chud. You know, Chud was my roommate back in the day, man. So, uh, yeah. of course, uh, you, know, uh, you know, to have Chud there, but my son really made uh, it, it really had uh, it made it made a, a lot of difference uh, in our decision. So um, I, I know that Chud will be able to teach him and coach him and uh, put put him on the next level. You know, it's one thing running routes and one thing having the physical attributes, but uh, in order the people that succeed in college and in the pros, they have to be students of the game. And uh, you know, I, I really trust Chud to, uh, to do that for my son uh, in these next. Five years when he when he goes there in uh, twenty two he doesn't start until next year so um, yeah that was a that was a big uh, that was a big motivator in us making our decision yeah that's good he got twenty four offers how many did you get two come on Russell <laughs> tell us what happened well, you had one and then you got Miami right I got Indiana yeah we know State. the rest of the story you're you know you became an All American and a first pick in the draft you made a you're a great football player you worked hard at it I mean I knew I saw I, you. You should be proud of yourself and your son. That's a hell of an accomplishment. Thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah, it's uh, you know by the grace of God, man. I, I never thought that I would be playing in the NFL, let alone be the number one draft pick. Yeah. And uh, you know, I got I was that and more. Got to play with some great players here in Dallas, 
and uh, man, it was a, it was an awesome, awesome experience. And uh, if my my son, uh, you know, did half of that, I'd be I'd be okay. Yeah. Well, you picked the wrong agent, but that's okay. You still did well. It doesn't, you know. Well, <laughs> you know, Russ, I can I can tell you, man, it, it was like watching watching you come in and the way you develop over those first few years was. Uh, Really, a um, an amazing thing to watch, and it was it was a credit to you and the and the character that you brought to the job. And uh, you know, it's it, like so many of you guys. You know, I've been doing this now, shoot, going on forty years, and it, it's like it's it's been such a pleasure to just watch guys like yourself uh, come and make yourself great players just through your work ethic and your character. And um, yeah, you know, I just wanted to tell you that. Oh, the, and he the, took the, Cortez the, under his wing and made him a great football player because he was, you know, he oh, was hit or miss for a while. You know what? You know what the deal is. Really, when I look back at it, I've already talked about the great players that have uh, instilled that tradition, and that's that was one thing. I had awesome, awesome coaches, mm-hmm. top to bottom. Coach Ogerone, Butch Davis, uh, you know Bob Carmelowitz, um, and that's that's just the the line coaches. You're not talking about. Uh, Coach Brodsky, and Coach Hubbard Alexander, Gary Stevens. You know, those are uh, awesome coaches that really, uh, you know, they they accepted uh, the best from me. They know less than the best. And that is really what pushed, uh, what, what kept me going. Uh, they, they brought the best out in me, the best that I didn't even know that I had in me. Uh, and and that, was a, that was a motivating factor. And, of course, Coach Johnson uh, and Coach Erickson at the helm, Johnson and, and Erickson had different styles, but they all they both worked. They both worked, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and uh, credit those coaches also. And that's kind of what we're lacking for the last ten or fifteen years. We don't have that that coaching staff that other teams would want to raid and take some of these people out of there. We don't have that. I mean, Manny's the head coach for the first time. He wasn't a high, head coach in high school, PL league, anything. He wasn't anything. He's, everything is learning on the fly. He, you know, there's just so much missing in this that's gone on for years, and the fans are fed up with it. I'm supposed to be the voice of the fan. I'm sick of it. I know you can't fire Manny now, but that doesn't mean he shouldn't be fired somewhere during this season if he doesn't do well, straighten this out, you know? But we'll see. I think yeah. you got to see, Bruce. Yeah. I think you got to see how the season go, how the season goes. I mean, you know, if if you're building something, I, I think your attitude is one thing. If you're not building something, I think it's the other. And, you know, hey, hey Russell, before before we let you go, I, I, I just wanted to get your opinion on, on one, other, one other thing that's been, like, circulating in my head ever since the end of the game in Atlanta. And, you know, I'm a big proponent that Miami needs to keep scheduling those games. Like, you got to schedule LSU. you got to schedule Alabama. Next year it's Texas A&M. You, got, you must keep the program relevant. You must stay on the national stage. But at the same time, I also see where an experience like Saturday night gets to be a little demoralizing. I mean, you're all fired up for a new season. You've been working out for 10 months, uh, and you go out mm. there and you find out very quickly that you are totally overmatched as an athlete. And, and they were. They were yeah. totally overmatched as athletes. Russell, how does that play with, with a, a player mentally, and, and how do they now bounce back for the rest of the season? Yeah, that's, and that's an excellent question. It, uh, it depends aggregate character of that team. Uh, if you've got a team that is uh, really on the verge of really uh, not doing anything, then they will 
eat themselves alive after a loss like that. Uh, and, they'll, and they'll cut each other down and basically say, oh, you know, this, that's our point fingers. Uh, and, that, and so it, it remains to be seen what the University of Miami does uh, here on out to be, uh, to be blasted like that at the beginning. You can either, uh, you know, say, hey, hey, guys, and just have a heart check and say this ain't going to happen again. Or you could uh, you could you could go the opposite way, and hopefully uh, we got uh, care, enough character guys with integrity and grit that uh, they grab those young guys up and say, "Hey, let's go out here and let's work a little bit extra. Let's look at a little bit more film. Let's work on a little bit more technique." Uh, and uh, you know, those are the teams, the winning teams that I was on whether it be the Hurricanes or the Cowboys, the Super Bowl winning, the National Championship winning teams, those teams of character, uh, they, you want to play good. You want to you test the metal uh, at, the, at the beginning of the season uh, to know where you are. Uh, uh, you could either be embarrassed and pack it in uh, for the next 10 games, or you could, uh, you, you could set the tone and try to take it to the next level and play harder. Uh, uh, that next game, and show that hey, this is just an anomaly, and we are, you know, we we are a good team. Uh, we just have to, we just have to keep showing it, and we just have to win. You know, don't don't show me a turnover change. Show me a, a win. That's what I need, a win. So that, that's that, my, that's a that's great my thing you just brought that. up. <laughs> the, the turnover chain. What, what are your thoughts on the turnover chain? You know what? Uh, when you when you lose them, when you're getting your your butt, what like you know, like like we did? I mean, I mean, what what does the turnover chain do? To be honest with you, I mean, you know, uh, get, I, I like to see a win chain. You know, get rid of all the chains, get rid of all the rings, and when you win the game, then hey, go get go in that box and get that big W and put it on somebody's uh, neck. Uh, that's what I like. When to that see, thing came because out, because everything. What's that? When that thing came out at twenty-seven nothing, Russ, the other night, my phone lit up, and uh, yeah. I'm not going to name names, obviously, but it's it's like it was it, it was like a, a roster of guys in your Rolodex too. <laughs> it was insane. I mean, people yeah. were going crazy um, at the idea that, that the turnover chain was coming out down twenty-seven points, and uh, and then it right. ended up not even being. And then it ended up not even being a turnover, which made it worse. Yeah, they had to not put even, it back in the box. Okay. <laughs> so that that made it even more embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. One last thing, Russell. I want to just make a quick comment. So, um, you know, we were close back in the day. You know, I had a couple of parties at my house, and you came to a few of them, and your dad came. So yeah. uh, last April, this past April, my daughter got married. I don't know if you remember. My, you knew my son. Oh, wow. And, and uh, so she gets married in my ex-wife's backyard, no less. And I go there, <laughs> and I had not been in my, my son's room. And you knew my son passed away in 2012, I think I told you. And I oh, went into yeah. his room for the first time in at least nine years, and I, everything was exactly the same. And on his dresser is an orange football that all you guys signed at my house and in big black Magic marker letters. The biggest name was Russell Maryland, number sixty-seven. So oh, I want to thank you for that because when I I had tears in my eyes because uh, you know you guys were so good to my son and my kids and when you come over all the time and that's just a special memory for me that you guys were there and Daniel he still has that football even though he's not here anymore. But I want to thank you for yeah. that. You know I really appreciated oh, that. 
Hey, it was it was our pleasure, man. I tell you, we had good times back then. It was a good group of guys. Yep. And uh, man, I tell you, that just uh, showed our love to the Warner family, man. That's all. Thank you, buddy. I really appreciate it. Anyway, um, let's see if we can beat Appalachian State. If not, we have to bring you out of retirement and get back there on the D-line. <laughs> I don't care what your wife says, you're coming back. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll do Russ, thanks so much, Thank man. Good thanks talk. for joining us again. We'll do it again. You're very welcome. No All problem. Right, Take care, Russ. All right, Gary, I'll talk to you. I'll see you tomorrow. All right, All right, thanks, man. All right, yeah, thank you. Bye. All right, that's Russell, Maryland. Um, with the voice of the fan, Bruce Warner, thank them both very much for joining the show. And, uh, you know, Russell brings a great perspective, man. I, like like I said to him, it's like this kid came into this program and he he willed himself to to become great and ended up being the first pick in the draft and having a nice career in the National Football League. And, um, you know, I, I, I think guys like that have a lot to offer the current generation of Hurricanes and, and wish that more than one time a year that you know they could they could be out there with some of these kids because I, I really think that they would uh, you know maybe just give them give them a little bit of a, a different mindset and, and, and help them with certain little things and stuff like that. Not that the coaching staff doesn't do a good job. I mean, defensive line Jeff Simpson does a very good job, but uh, you know sometimes you know players talk a little bit of a different language to kids, and uh, so maybe one day they'll figure out a way to get those guys out more often than just Paradise Camp each year. All right, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. Let's go to the 757 now. You're live on Game Live. Man, it took forever to get up here. Shout out to Meister King. Ain't nobody but King King, man. I ain't got too much to say. I got a shout out for my man, Randy Shant. He did a heck of a job. Yeah, I know y'all people hating on me because I said that. But damn, y'all. I don't need to celebrate nothing on our side. They missed tackles. Six ways off. Lashley. Oh, the dude is that. Lashley. Okay, I ain't going to get into it. But let me explain one thing. It was a couple of years ago Alabama played this team. In Alabama, some lower-rated team. And they hung with And they didn't have the talent that they did. Alabama finally figured it out, Gary. You probably know the team. I can't remember. In the fourth quarter. Yeah, they might got better talent, but we didn't play worth a damn. Not at all. We look soft. Russell Maryland need to come back. Ray Lewis and everybody else. Did you see Ed Reed on the sideline shaking his head like, damn, this shit ugly. Yeah, we got to get better. But I'm working out. So I ain't got too much more to say. It was nice to get back on the show. I gotta ride this bike and get back in shape. One love, game band. We'll be all right. Just stuck it up. One love. Come out. Peace. All right, hey, thanks for that. Thanks for that cameo, man. That was awesome. <laughs> gotta get back on the bike and get in shape. Unbelievable. Let's go to the. Uh, let's go to nine five four. You're live on Team Sport Live. Hello. Yeah, that's you, man. You got a tough act to follow, though. Who's that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I just, uh, this is uh, MC Kane. Um, I just want to hey, say man. a couple of things, Gary. We hey. talk about the transfer portal, and even Alabama went in the transfer portal and got a linebacker that's strong for them. And we think that's a factor. They, they get all the five-star recruits and got a, a wide receiver from the transfer portal starting from Ohio State. So everybody uses it. You can't really – Justify going into the transfer portal. Everybody uses it. 
Get what you can get out oh, of no, it. Oh, no, the transfer portal is fine to me as a supplement, but the base of your team better be traditional recruits. Yeah, I don't think you put a whole team together out of the transfer all portal. Recruits. All of those, 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 you just said the back end of the Alabama, they're not going in Alabama and getting them. They're coming to South Florida and getting them. But if they mm-hmm. have a budget, they don't have an NFL team. They got three ex-NFL coaches on their team on a left. That's on their coaching staff, guys. Yep. That, quarter, that quarterback yeah. who looked as good as he looked at the other night, he's um, he's being coached by an NFL head coach. How about that? Right. And that, see, it's, it's kind of, you know, I think more people, like you said, more people are just upset of how we came out, not guns blazing. We were – our, our receivers look great against the, the secondary, honestly, though. They were open most of the night. And, and, it's, yeah. and it's like, why, what's up with why wasn't the game plan the built around them? Yeah, but they wasn't even calling pass and fans. Man, it was all over our guys, too, man. I don't know what's up with these refs, man. We get a bad deal a lot, more times than not. Seriously, man, it's 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 almost getting to the point like yeah, that's why the refs are getting like death threats and stuff like that. There's the the guy Redding, he got targeted, dragged on, and and even King got hit in the face by the star player, and nothing was called. It's like you're fighting the refs. They're already a good team. And don't get me wrong, that wouldn't have changed the game, but it would have made it a game. You know, you're talking about going from. Uh, a holding is a holding. The passing the fingers is a automatic first down. Like you can't, you even got the refs holding the ball so that they can get lined up. It was just a lot. They weren't they weren't gonna let Alabama lose that game. Yeah. Seriously. I mean, it was it was not even an issue. Come on, I mean, they they could have won that game by sixty points if they wanted to. It, it, the referee. Oh, so you don't think refs? You don't think refs have influence? You don't think they influence? I, I don't think they were any factors you you at all. No. Oh wow! No, I really don't. Okay. Not in that. No, I'm not saying in any game. I'm talking about that okay. game on Saturday. I'm telling you, I, I, I don't clear. Think. When a ref, if you're a receiver and a guy is draped all over you, and the ref doesn't call it, that does something to your mental. It does. Yeah. You're draped all over. But I don't think receiver. that. I don't think the ref impacted the, the the outcome of that game on Saturday. Is what I'm saying. No, I didn't say we had to I mean, win it. I can't imagine you really feel that they, they impacted that game okay. Saturday. They didn't. And what they, and what they did, our, our D-line was putting a lot of pressure. They would hold and drag our D-line down, and it was like no calls. They, they, they really, I don't know if they're Big Ten officials, but anyway, I know we, yeah, they were big that now. I'll let you go ahead and, and, and uh, do your thing. But it was, it was a lot too, Gary. All right, man. Thank you for being part of the show. Give us a call next time. No problem. Go to the uh, 727. You're live on King Sport Live. Hey, Gary. It's Jake from St. Pete. How you doing? What's up, Jake? How you doing tonight? Doing good. Doing good. Hey, I want to piggyback off what that guy just said for a second. Now, look, let's not be delusional. That Did, did the referees cost us that game? Not a chance. There, there was no chance that that bad officiating uh, uh, was what made a difference uh, in, in terms of winning and losing in that game. That being said, 
I think that you got a 14 point swing off of that, that officiating. Um, and, you know, look, 14 points that's covering the spread and not covering the spread. I know that's still losing, but, you know, look, that, that one point. Where, where did you Henry feel there were 14 points? Uh, wait, wait, time out. Where did you feel that the rest took 14 points from us? Okay. All right, let's go through the uh, the, the non safety call in the uh, or, or intentional grounding in the end zone. That's two points right there. Then on the next play, you had holding in the end zone. Blatant as could be on Zach McLeod, holding in the end zone to safety. So that's two safeties in a row that goes for a touchdown. Um, the the Henry two o two o targeting. And I forget who was in coverage on that game. He's draped on that guy's backside a second before the ball gets there. And then 2020 goes head first right into the guy's face mask. Like, come on. They're, they're going to call that ticky tack bullshit on, on Bubba Bolden. And then 2020 goes straight nosedive right into his, uh, into his goddamn face mask. And, uh, and that's a no call that leads to an interception a couple plays later, another seven, um, you know, I mean, you could go through, there was a lot of bullshit calls in that game. And, you know, again, do we win? Hell no, not even close. Could that have been uh, a 20 point game instead of a 31 point game? Hell yeah, it could have. And, you know, it's, I don't know. That, that stuff gets demoralizing. And what, 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 what's more annoying to me is, like, Alabama doesn't need it, and yet they get it. And then it's, you know, like, my frustration after that game, uh, and I, I go into every game thinking we're going to win. I'm a pumper as, as big as they can be. This is my hobby. Why, why wouldn't I have fun with it? It's fantasy. Who cares? Like, <laughs> if I think they're going to win and they lose, so what? Uh, right. My life goes on. I've got other things uh, that are way more important than college football in my life. So I, I go into every game thinking we're going to win. Why not? You, you can't. But at the end of the day, uh, and there's no consequence to it. If, if they lose, okay, tomorrow's Sunday. Um, the, the the point being, though, is I, I guess my biggest frustration from that is, you know, everyone on here talking, well, how are we going to compete with Alabama? How, like, they're in another world. It's not even – like, they just reload. And, I mean, it's not even close. They, they lose six uh, first-round picks on offense. And, and just reloading here. That, that Bryce Young kid, I mean, Jesus Christ, he's moving around in the pocket like Tom Brady. Our defensive yeah, line was great. But, Jake, do you know game, what my thing but, on that is, though? Do you know what my thing is on that? My thing is that it, it, that doesn't mean Miami can't do the same thing. I mean, Miami, it doesn't mean, I mean like you think there are other programs okay. that are operating at their level. You know, Georgia, I think, is operating pretty no, much at their isn't. level. Clemson. Not even close. Not even well, close. Georgia's pretty damn good. Georgia can How many times has Georgia made the playoff? How many times has Georgia made the playoff? Alabama's I'm made it every year. That, how, it, how it plays out. You know, I think Georgia in the SEC championship game against Alabama will be a very good game. We'll see. You don't, you don't think that Alabama team's going 15-0 and 0 this season? I don't know. I don't know that. No, I, I'm not sure. I'll bet I'm my bottom dollar that team goes 15-0 and 0 this season. I mean, they're, they're – I, I, that, that, I mean, look, I, I think Georgia and, be... and Clemson, 
played to a draw. And I think they played to a draw to see who loses against uh, Alabama in, in the, the national Maybe. championship. My point is, like, think about when, when Miami had, had our, you know, the big run. I'm not talking about 2001. I think, you know, Butch Davis caught some fire there. But let's talk because we were kind of the Alabama in, in the 80s. But if you look at that team, there was, there was 10 other teams. You know, Miami showed up more often than not. But there was 10 other teams, 12 other teams right behind them, Oklahoma, Nebraska, Ohio State, Alabama, Notre Dame, Florida State. Florida. I mean, you know, you, you could go on and on. Penn State, uh, uh, who were right there. And, and, and Miami outplayed them uh, a little bit more than, than not. But, like, this Alabama team, I mean, it's just like you're basically just waiting to see who who might be able to, to catch them off guard at some point. Like this, this right, well, let, me on, ask, let me ask you the question this way, Jake. Should Miami aspire mm-hmm. to be at that level? Should Miami aspire to be at back at that Alabama level, or should we just wave the white flag and, and say I, no? I would impossible. love to see it. Gary, I would love to see it, but I just economically um, – th- th- there's so many different things. Um, look – would I prefer to watch a national championship team as opposed to the, the – No, no, but, you no know, that's not what I'm asking. I'm not, I'm not asking you, what you what, I'm, But, Jake, wait a minute. I'm not asking you what you prefer. Obviously, of course you would want to watch Miami in the national championship game. My question to you is, should the standard for Miami football – because this is one of the topics I threw out at the beginning. Should the standard of Miami football be to, to have a program at that level? Okay, well, Gary, what I would ask you, I would, I would say yes as a fan, but it's not my money, and I'm not the one footing the hundred million dollars that Alabama why is it a couple that we million dollars? I mean, I'll agree, you probably got to spend. I didn't one, say three, a couple. I said a hundred. Their revenues are about 180 million. Ours are about 60. Um, no, beyond no, that, but no, no, Jake, they're not 60. But but, but my point is, it's yes, nowhere near Alabama. You'd have no, but you'd have to spend a few million more on coaches. No question. You'd have to spend a few million more on coaches. Yeah, a few. Like you know, you'd have to pay your head coach probably instead of four. You'd have to pay six, probably six, seven, eight. Look at the guys who are really competing, Gary. Look at the guys who are really competing. Nick Saban's making eleven million. Dabo Sweeney's making ten million. Kirby Smart's making eight and a half million. Luke Fickle just got seven and a half. And if he keeps doing what he's doing, he's going to make nine. Um, Jimbo. You know, I mean, yeah, Jimbo's making nine million. So my point is, and we're we're looking to pay what four to six million bucks for? Uh, probably so, ballpark four. Okay, and then on top of that, Nick Saban's got two NFL former head coaches. He's got an, uh, his offensive line coach is a goddamn. Uh, uh, NFL coach and, and Doug Marone he wasn't great but he wasn't like you know he's not like some guy who was like a half season interim head coach the guy spent years in the in the NFL uh, you know he's no joke and, and we're, we're talking about Jess Simpson who was an assistant defensive coordinator it, it, you know I mean look he's he's good he's not like ter- he's good for a college football coach but again when you're talking about the guys you're going against it's nuts. I mean, there's just – and look, I would love to say – but look, I'm not the one funding this. Like, there is a there is another spending level that we are nowhere near. And then that's not to say recruiting budgets, 
uh, everything else, all the other uh, odds. And Nick Saban, think about how much it cost him uh, when, when he went and recruited Gervin Hall. He didn't even land them or whoever it was, uh, flying his helicopter. I mean, that's a $100,000 stunt to land that helicopter at, uh, at St. Thomas Aquinas. And that wasn't probably the first time he ever did something like that. You, you you're saying dollars to rent a helicopter? Come on, man. Where you come no, he's flying his helicopter down from there. It, it's, it's big money, man. That's, <laughs> I'm telling you, to coordinate know, all that, that stuff. costs $100,000 to rent a helicopter. Okay, it costs 25000 bucks, But it, it's, you know, it, it's, it's a lot of money that we aren't willing to spend as a program. And then beyond that, like, look, the other thing, and this is, this is why I support Manny Diaz, you know, and everyone can hate me for it, because what, what is the alternative? We're not going to go spend $10 bucks. We're not going to go spend $8 bucks. So what are we going to do? We're going to get another Manny Diaz. We're going to get another, you know, whoever you're, it is. You're 100% we're not gonna, right. If you're not so going out, and why not just ride it out? You, I'd rather have continuity. Yeah, like if if you're not going to go big, I'd rather just have the continuity. You're not going to go big I mean, at the waste you know, time. You just circles, no doubt. Yeah, you're better off riding with what you got and hoping it gets better. Because if you're not committed to that next level, it's all spinning wheels. You're just setting yourself back even further. Maybe Diaz catches a break, something catches on. But if you're just going and changing it out, and then you got a whole new coaching staff, and like uh, what Russell was saying, you you got defensive uh, line and offensive line guys under three different coordinators and in uh, position coaches, and that that type of disruption is not good. If you can get a couple of years in a row, hopefully or typically that'll that'll pay some dividends. That certainly did in Clemson. They they had a lot of con- uh, uh, continuity on that team, and you know they. Uh, they made something of it. And so that's, you know, I mean, that, that's the hope I hold out because, you know, if we're going to go think that, okay, we're going to go spend five, six million bucks on, you know, a hot name. I think I, I love Mike Leach, but like, I think to myself right now, I wanted Mike Leach to get the job when, when hopefully there was going to be a, a recruiting, but I think to my, or, or not the, the coach recruiting. What, would we be that much different with Mike Leach right now? No, not really. No, no. I mean, when, no, you, get, when you get down to the brass bit, we wouldn't. He can't recruit at that at that level. Hey, Jake, before I let you go here, um, I did some research, and renting a helicopter in South Florida doesn't cost a hundred grand. It doesn't cost twenty five grand. It costs two, about two thousand an hour, uh, seventeen hundred to two thousand an hour to rent okay. that chopper. So. And all so, the coordination you know, yeah, and everything, I mean, you, you, you can't just fly that thing into a high school field. That's yeah, no, no, it's a great, it's a great, it's a great optic. No, no, it's a great optic, no question. But they, it's not costing the kind of money you're talking about. All right, man. Hey, uh, I like, thank I, you so much for being here. Uh, Gary, I love your research there. Do some more research on, on just, like, you know, what it would actually take, like monetarily, everything all in. I, I, that would be a great series for you. You know, the actual yeah, no, I mean, economics. I, 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 got a, I got a pretty good idea. You know, I think they'd have to go eight million on the head coach. I think they'd have to probably come up with another couple million extra for assistance. So you're now at six million, and then you know probably a few other million dollars for things that somebody like that might want that we don't have right now. You're probably looking at a commitment of an additional maybe ten grand, ten million a year. So it's doable. 
you know, if they want to do it. They just got to make doable, the bill. It's doable, but somebody's got to foot the bill. I can't, unfortunately. Well, the, the, the university's got to have to make some philosophical <laughs> decisions. Do, do they want to keep, you know, jerking around the fan base and making well, the fan base believe the that that's what they want to do and not really do we it? Gotta do I mean, more they, than they were supposed less. to have made that commitment, Jake, back when they hired Mark Rick. And supposedly budgets but, weren't going to be an issue and they were going to put up the money they needed to put up and everything else. And that was the that was the, the calling when Mark Rick got but the job, the and then all of a sudden Mark, Rick, like decides to, Mark Rick decides to retire, and uh, and now I guess all that goes out the window, and now budget like I mean, come on, man, the universe. This is a university issue. They are going to reach a crossroads here in the next few years, and the, somebody's needs to freaking finally make a declaration on what the University of Miami is looking to accomplish in football. That's my opinion. We'll see what happens. All right, Jake. We'll I talk to you next week, man. Already, Thanks for but... being part of the show, man. Very much appreciate you uh, calling in and give us a call next week. Let's go to the 850. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up, Gary? Travis up here in Tallahassee. Hey, great. Who's this? Hey, what's up, this man? Travis. Welcome back. Yeah, another hey, day. Welcome back. Another day. Thank you, thank you. I, actually, he's the uh, perfect guy for me to follow because most of my comments really got nothing to do with this football team as it stands right now. If you remember from last week, I didn't even bring up the game because I knew that's how that was going to go. It's a Manny Diaz run team, you, you know. Like it's it's been three years of him as a head coach and six years of him being here on staff, and we know what we have. The writing's on the wall. When you asked earlier to some people whether we should continue to schedule these games, well, there's two sides to the coin. Yeah, yeah, it's great to be nationally relevant, like you were talking about. But then again, if that game that nationally relevant game shuts down the recruitment, and I'm not saying this is what happened, of one of the top guys you're going in the in the next cycle, like a Mark Fletcher, yeah, that game did a lot of damage that, you know, probably can't be overcome. You know, like, it, let's, let's yeah, be real because of – the purpose of a football program to pull the wool over kids, to deceive kids that, that you're something that you're not? Is that what – This football program, your football program, yes, it's going to have to be that purpose for a little bit. Because oh, we that's need baloney. To, I don't buy that, man. I'm sorry, I, I don't buy it. I've seen, I've seen it. I've seen it done the other way too many times here. You know, like we, we weren't winning. We weren't winning when these when when the better best teams in Miami history were recruited. You know, when Howard came in and he and he built the national champion. We weren't winning in 1979 and 1980 and 1981. Um, now we were winning when J when JJ came in. I mean, he inherited a pretty good roster. Uh, from Howard, but when when Butch had to come back and rebuild it, there was nothing. There, the roster was terrible. Butch's first team was horrible. I mean, Butch had to systematically put that great team together, and he ended up with the best team in college football history, possibly, uh, coming off probation and stuff. Like, like if you get the right person and the right people in the building that can that can perform at that level, then you you can get it done. It, it's like it, it's like everything else is just an excuse, in my opinion. Oh, I agree. You know, I agree. That's the whole point of my phone call tonight. Huh? I said, I agree. That's the whole point of my phone call tonight. Yeah. This is all a bunch of mental nonsense, man. It's like, it's like you're going to keep making apologies, you know, for the fact, and, and, and I, you know, I like, I like Manny a lot. I think it was very unfair to put him in this job. He can't recruit like Nick Saban and Kirby Smart and Dabo Swinney. He's never going to be able well, to recruit Let's, let's like go that. with his, his defensive recruiting for since Texas to Miami. Did he ever get a five-star linebacker? No. 
No, I think, like, the actual stat is he's gotten, like, two or three four-star linebackers in his 10- or 15-year D.C. career. That's not good enough. No, like, he's never going to be able to do that. And and it's not his he's fault. Not, you know, I, I can't go no, win no, the Olympic no, marathon I don't blame I can go. I can go jogging in the morning. I can jog around my neighborhood. Right. But I, I can't go win the Olympic marathon. Like... You yeah, know, no, it's not no, my doubt, fault no that doubt. I can't go win the Olympic marathon. I don't have that kind of ability to do it. <laughs> no, no, and this all boils down to who we have in charge. Because I do have one main point I want to get your opinion on. No one's brought it up, and I'm actually really surprised about it. But uh, this all comes down to who we have in charge, which is beyond Manny Diaz because he took his dream job. How could you blame him for it? Like you said many times, how could you blame, you blame Manny for that? For we would second. all do it. It's Anybody the guy that gave him the that. opportunity for the job. That's who we're blaming. That's who needs to go. That's who needs to be fired. That, that's well, the step one. Or he has to figure something out, but the first thing he has to no, do is No, no, no. There's no more but, chances for him to figure out anything, anything well, out. You're but, done, but, dude. But like, you're you, not going to get to Like, James, you've done nothing. Like, you're not, gonna not a good AD. Of course I'm not. I'm a nobody. You're not going to get to decide that. I'm not going to get to decide that. Uh, P- P- other people are going to decide that. But the point is this, whether he's doing it or someone else is doing it, somebody needs to define the mission statement is for University of Miami football. Do they want to be in a well, I, I really hope man? that definition or- doesn't happen when Blake James is in charge because he's soft. He's Charmin soft, man. He has no clue how to run a sports organization as an AD of a major college athletics. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, okay, the, you made a good point about the basketball thing. Every other sport has suffered. Every other sport. We, we, it's just gone lower and lower and lower since he has taken over. Like, I mean, he, well, if he's the one in charge moving forward, we're never going to get out of this perpetual hole. Like, he, he is the source of the problem. Manny Diaz is just let me tell you, we can win. We can win 10, 11 games this year, go to the ACC championship oh, game, get killed, by, get killed by Clemson, end up, you know, in the Orange Bowl or something and, 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 and end the season, you know, probably, you know, say 10-3 or whatever, and then still go mm-hmm. start next season and get destroyed by Alabama again if we want, if that's, if that's what we oh, want. Oh, absolutely. So I'm my, not expecting this so to change overnight, but that, that brings that back to – that brings me back to the main point. This is the year to reset. This is the year where we have a large group of seniors and some possible maybe first-rounders or something, I guess, and Zion Nelson, which I don't see that at all. But, um, you know, a bunch of people exiting the program. And these people are the ones that started this game and are holding this team back. And until they cycle through this system, until they get out of our program, we are never going to be a different team. How did anybody expect this year's team to be any different than last year's team when it's the exact same team? Minus actually the really good players from last year's team. Like, correct, I mean, correct. how did you it's expect not, a different result? It's probably result? not as good, right. It's probably not as good. Not as even close year. to being as good. And you got, you got a gimped out six-year receiver. TVD, the way he plays in the limited action I've seen, like, he ain't the future. We better start getting on some change. Anyways, but, let but, me go. But the, point, but, the, but the point I'm making is this. Like, somebody very soon – is going to have to sit down and say, this is the mission statement of Miami football. And they are either going to be all in or not all in. Like, it, it's not going to keep flying. Where does that come like from, though? In the, in the, in, in the middle. Well, is that a, the president? A, is that the AD or is that the bot it, who decides no, what you're asking? The board of, it, starts with, it starts with the board of trustees. And, and they are going to have to okay. make a decision on, on what they're looking for out of their football program. And if they if – Can I stop you real quick? College, 
Huh? Can I can I ask you a question real quick? Because this is this is one this is actually the main point of everything that I called. I don't want I don't want to bring yeah. if you want to bring up his name because he's a a sports writer in Miami, you know, blah blah blah. He wrote an article that came out, I believe, yesterday. Yeah, I saw. I, I um, know your comment. I saw that. The, okay, the, the can, can you can stuff. you address that at all? You know, because that yeah, feels like the mentality say, of the Miami it's, football it's, program. Yeah, it's absolutely accurate. Like the the board of trustees of Miami is not engaged in athletics, but but, but that's all besides the point too. Somebody is going to have to make a decision on what this what this institution wants out of its football program. And if they want to be great again and they want to be at the upper levels of the sport, they're going to have to start thinking differently. And, and if they don't, then just be straight with everybody and, and, and say, we, we, you know, we, we just want to be Boston College. We just want to be North Carolina. We just want to be NC State. Well, we doesn't just, that's that our, article that's our, kind that's, of state that? Isn't that being straight with everybody, that we just want to be a perpetual 8-9 win no, team? Because I, I remember last no, year the one – Spot member said something about the E before the W. Yeah, remember that and, and statement? Trust me, this is, it, I'm sure it's the same board member that had the opinion two years in a row. But here's what I'm trying to tell you. Okay. It's beyond, it's beyond one guy's opinion. It's like they are going to have to make a decision that they're either all in or they're not all in. Because Miami football can be Miami football again if they are all Absolutely. in. Absolutely. If they're not all in, it's not going to be. And, it, and that's the bottom line. How, how do we as fans affect that? Because we all see the writing on the wall and need to, to how, how do we get this keep doing, moving in a you direction? Keep doing what you, keep, you keep doing what you're doing. You know, it, it's like it's not. It's I mean, not the supporting the team, is that, is that is going to games and buying merchandise, is that going to make them think, oh, yeah, well, yeah, people are still buying it. Why would you not it. go to the games? Going to the games is your passion. It's like it, it's, 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 it's what you get enjoyment doing. Why would you, why would you punish yourself? Uh, and, and take that out of your life because you think because you, you it know, seems like in America point. the only way that you can actually uh, affect anything is by affecting people's bottom dollar, and that's the only way we can affect their bottom dollar is by not buying yeah, tickets, but so, not renewing but year but after honestly, year. You know, so so much of the money is built in me today. I mean, you know, a couple million dollars less in ticket sales isn't going to make anybody do anything they don't want to do. They have to decide what they want to do. That's the bottom line. And, well, didn't and you we can talk about my last the question for us to talk about this more is really in, in December. Uh, you know, I mean, right now we got a football season that needs to be played. Uh, we got well, that's, enough that's kind of the problem is this team is actually good enough to make Manny Diaz look like he deserves an extension by the end of the year. It's also good no, enough, you know, play, soft enough I mean, to lose a bunch of games, but most likely it can go 10 wins, like we're all saying. Yeah, if he if he wins nine or ten games, he, he he's he's going to continue without question, and he would be and it would be the right decision to make. But the, but this isn't about firing Manny. Manny has a season to coach here. This is about to me the big picture, um, and I think that's why I think it's so important that they keep getting reminded program at a high enough level right now because if they aren't being reminded of that, they'll play the hype. This will be the Miami hype machine into eternity. I mean. It's like, you know, and I just don't believe that the mission of Miami season award Manny man, right? Well, how how much the mission of Miami football shouldn't be how much smoke are we going to blow up people's butts uh, and try to pretend we're something we're not? Um, You know, hey, Mister Four Four or Five Star, come come to Miami because we're one of the greatest teams in college football. If if we're not really one of the greatest teams in college football, Uh, I mean, if the if the if the statement is. We are going to again become one of the best teams in college football, and this is why because we are making 
the commitment that we need to make to do so, that's a whole different sales pitch. All right, man. Hey, thank you for being part of the show. Uh, this, but this is a conversation for like like December more than right now. All right, man. Thank you. It's, for being part it's of my bad. Call. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Give us a call next week. Let's go to the 305. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hello? 305, you with us? Yep. You, you're on. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Who's this? Gary? Oh, hey, Hari. It's Hurricane yeah. Mar. My name is Mariana Hari. So, it might, you know, Step initially, forward. it's so much, so much is up. But initially, my, you know, my call was to get your opinion or, or even to tell you because I've, I've read a bunch of your stuff in the past about recruiting and how we're not recruiting at the level that I think we should be. And the part that, that I struggle with in that vein, and, and I think obviously it all boils down to what everyone's just been talking about, which kind of takes a lot of the steam of what I wanted to talk about, which is with, you know, with Blake and, and Manny and all the other coaches we've had. There are teams, you know, even Tulane as the most recent example this past Saturday, but littered in the past 20 years of losses with us that do not recruit at our level. And even if our level is not at the level of the elite teams at the moment, which, which is very clear, but we clearly recruit better than the Pittsburghs, you know, better than the fill in the blank of all the other mediocre coastal teams that we consistently lose to um, based on whatever ranking you want to look at and, and, and everything in between with few exceptions. And especially if you look at it with, with a long-term perspective, I'm not saying, you know, a one-off where they might have a, a great recruiting class consistently. We're always, you know, for whatever those rankings are worth better. And yet, you know, consistently we lose and we lose and we lose and we lose. So I guess my my first question to you was when you're mentioning recruiting, is it as compared to, you know, the, the basically the, the three teams that run college football at the moment, Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama, because then it's obvious that we're nowhere near recruiting them, or, or is it just in general? Because if it's in general, I don't think it's the case. I think everything continually points back to, you know, at Coker, Shannon, Golden, Diaz, um, and, and just how poor we develop talent and how how poorly we we prepare our teams and how many times can I remember, you know, over the past you know, 20 years where going into what's considered a big game and what's always the common you know, denominator after we get beat, oh, we came out flat. How many times have we heard that, man? Oh, they weren't prepared. How many times have we heard that? Oh, our skeep. It, it, it all seems to center to me around – getting the right person in there as what has been beaten to a dead horse, you know, or as I've listened to, to this show. And this is the first time I've called in, by the way, I really enjoyed it. Great show. And Russell Mann was awesome as well. So I'll be doing this more often. Um, but I don't think that anything more or anything less than hopefully at some point finding the right leader, you know, in, in any corporation. And, and Blake James is, is the first one. I think that that is grossly negligent in this, but in any corporation, when you're the CEO and you're you're running the show, and the results are consistently not there, um, typically the ones that that can make more time for themselves is they make decisions based on self-preservation, which is what I think this guy's doing at this point. I don't think Blake James anymore, at least, has the notion that he's capable or competent enough to do this job effectively, and it's consistently been proven with the results year after year after year with bad decisions and bad extensions and bad results and bad everything. So then it turns into self-preservation. And that to me is the most dangerous piece because then the people above him, which I guess are, are the bot and, and the president, whether it be it Shalala or Frank, um, 
are perfectly content with that. And to me, everyone, I've heard a lot of people, and I read it on, on our message board and here talking about, oh, if we get to 10 wins, are you kidding me? There, there, Manny, uh, Gary, there is such a, a, a minute chance. And, and you know, history is typically a, a decent predictor of, of future performance. Such a minute chance that with this squad we have, is very similar to the squads we've had year in and year out. And and with Manny, and God bless him, he, he is – if he would have made it, he would have been the next Jimmy because he is you know, as Miami as you can get, and, and we all want him to do well. But Christ's sakes, he's not, he's not, he's not capable of it. So, you know, this season is going to be another if, – if, if things bounce our way, maybe we get to eight wins. If they don't, you know, six, seven wins. You know, I, I guess my question to you is having – done it as long as you've done it and and having been in it as long as you've been in it what then man like i i guess my point is you know where where does the hope come from and 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 you're talking to someone that my first game when i was 10 years old i graduated from um i shot the cannon you know my senior year 93 when we won a championship season ticket holder up until two years ago and i was just like i can't i can't do this i used to travel two three games a year every year and then just the beat downs and it was overwhelming. So I still go to games. I'll be there Saturday, but but I, it just you know where's the hope come from? Because today and after Saturday, and a lot of people mentioned it, you know very clearly where you know maybe there's the the you know the psycho cane fan in me that says man maybe we can pull this out and you know and I've got hope and my wife makes fun of me and you know she kind of goes through all my stages of grief. But the reality is we didn't <laughs> even fight, man. We didn't even fight. No, we didn't that, even fight. We, we, we laid yeah. down. Yeah, it wasn't the kids. The kids didn't lay down. The kids played hard. They, they laid down in the North Carolina game. They didn't lay down in the Alabama game. But um, to, to ask where the hope is, I mean, I just, yeah, I, you know, I like to react to what's real. I don't want, I'm not going to react to the season before it's played. I, I think that right. um, no matter how th- this season goes, I, I think that it's going to – if it's not in this December, it's going to be next December or whatever. At some point in the next 15 months, to me, this university is going to have to make a decision. Um, and I don't know what that decision is going to be. I mean, I thought they made it. <laughs> I, thought about, I thought they made it in 2016. You know, I mean, uh, I thought it was made. <laughs> I don't understand what happened, you know, why the philosophy changed from 2016 to 2019, I guess it was. Uh, I, don't, I don't understand what happened there. But uh, they supposedly had made the decision in a positive way for what the fans want and what everybody wants, and that was they were going to make the investments they needed to make to bring the football program up to modern-day standards. And going out and getting Mark Richt was supposedly step number one, and they, they increased every budget, the assistance budget, the the, the budgets to feed the players and all those things, all those budgets were, were all raised. And I think they remain raised to, to this day, um, you know, but they, they need to do more obviously. And they're going to have to make these decisions. And uh, I don't know that Manny is ever going to be able to recruit, forget the coaching and the development and all that stuff. That's a whole nother debate. I don't know that he's ever going to be able to recruit at a high enough level, particularly with linemen and things like that to get this program at a higher level than it's at right now. I, I, I mean, 
I don't know that that's going to happen based on what I'm seeing. I'm, I'm seeing this year's recruiting class, you know, f- kind of floundering a little bit. I'm seeing all the top players from South Florida leaving the area yet again. We got a reprieve from that last year because of COVID. This year I see it coming back. I see the, the top players in the next recruiting cycle are already starting to defect. You know, you look at like a Brandon Innes. I mean, he's a receiver. We, we, why does a receiver from South Florida – have to go to Oklahoma? Why does he feel like he has to go to Oklahoma? You know, it, it, it's it's like, you know, you're starting to see this cycle that's been taking place for so many years rearing its head again. So I don't know that he's ever going to be able to do that. Um, and it's going to reach a, a, a tipping point where, where some decisions are going to have to be made. That's what I see happening into the future. And that is totally irrelevant to the fact that I do think they can win nine games this year. I really do. Maybe even ten. Who knows? But I, I, I said so. nine before the season. Well, I said nine before the season, and I'm sticking to that. Like, I, I don't see any reason why they need to lose more than two games, why they should lose more than two more games the rest of the year. But we'll see what happens. So, last question, and, and then I'll let you go, is, uh, in my opinion, I, I you know, having having been in, in various leadership positions and not to mention follow team forever, I think everyone can agree on what you're saying with Manny. And, and I think that's all fine and dandy, but – I don't think the responsibility lies with Manny because Manny is, is working within what his capacities are. And I'm sure he's quote unquote trying, you know, as opposed to what, right. But sure he's doing the best he possibly. As yeah. As, as, as he knows how, and that's great. And that's all fine and dandy, but is there a conversation on any levels, as far as you can tell to, to where, you know, does anyone question kind of where it all starts and ends, which is, the desk of Blake James. Is, is anyone questioning that oh, this 100%. guy is grossly 100%. negligent I hear that conversation and all the Yes. I but hear by that anyone that matters, not just us fans, by like people that matter. Like, do, do anyone like uh, 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 So maybe another way of phrasing the question is, all right, so we're saying, hey, with Manny, we'll know at the end of this year, maybe next year, blah, blah, blah. When will we know on Blake? Like, what, what, when is his neck in the guillotine where we can finally, God willing, get someone different? Or is it just I, I he's got carte blanche at this point? I don't know. I can't answer that question. I think I think yeah. that, that that they're happy with Blake, you know, it, in in oh, most elements Christ. of his job. I mean, I think I think there's recognition that he may have screwed this coaching thing up, but like I think for the most part, there's a happiness with, with Blake and how he runs the athletic department. You know, that's well, then that that speaks volumes for. Yeah, I can't. You know, I, I can't say where that's going. I, I have no idea. It's not like uh, you know the power structure of the university is saying, "Oh man, our athletic director thinks we got to get rid of him." I haven't heard that once. I mean, I don't think that's that's the case. Well, God so we'll willing, we'll get see. to nine. Hey, anyway, hey, thank you for being right. part of the show. Give give us a call next time. Yeah, it was great. Thank you so much. You got it, man. Appreciate it. Let's go to the seven oh six. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, it's your boy, Sebastian. How you doing? Hey, what's up, Sebastian? How you doing tonight? Hey, Gary, I was at the game, man. I was at the game, and I was up in the 300-level seat, so I wasn't able to get down. I was kind of kind of scoping you out. But, you know, the fans are really telling you what their perspective is like, and I'm just going to give you mine. You know, Virginia, Duke, LSU, and Alabama. You know what, those are the last four games I've been to. And you know the common thing with all those games? That we have lost all of them. So it's been a minute since I've actually gone to a game and seen us win. And so when I tell you, you know, Duke and Virginia, I'm just telling you what our experience is like. But let me give you another perspective, man, because I want to get your thoughts on this. 
Okay. Um, if you go back to 2017 and you look at the University of Alabama recruiting classes, what I can't seem to figure out is how do they end up with recruiting classes of 27, 25, 29, 27 players. You know, because uh, the thing with us is we're trying to manage our roster, and we can't seem to really get more kids than a lot of 25. I can't seem to figure out how they're doing it. Last year they signed a 27 class, recruiting class, and then they got three transfers. They got the linebacker from Tennessee, and they got the wide receiver from Ohio State. And so I've, I've accepted the reality that there is a talent disparity between the two of us, so I'm not going to waste your time on that. But what I can't seem to understand, and maybe you can go back and research and take a look at it, how do they get 27 players in their recruiting class? And they're getting, like, the number one recruiting class. So it's not – I mean, they're getting the elite of the elite. So when you get some time, maybe you can come back next week and explain that phenomenon to us because I can't seem to understand it. Second point I want to make I'm is guessing this. that they um, that they have a number of transfers. So I haven't really paid that much attention. But okay, I'm assuming okay. they have a large transfers because, like, you know, kids do get stuck at the end of the bench there that are pretty good players that can go, play, that can go transfer somewhere else and play. So – I, I'm guessing that that's the case. They probably have a handful every year of those kind of kids that 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 they you know they counsel to leave the program and go play somewhere else. Okay, I'm I'm just saying I'm just I I can't seem to understand that phenomenon. The other thing I the other thing I I take a look at when you talk about we have to decide what kind of football program we, where we need to be, and that's exactly what it is. I mean that that team we played the other day signed five five-stars last year. And you know how many of those five-stars were on the field that really made a difference in that game? None of them. Mm-hmm. You know, they signed two five-star wide receivers, and you know what they decided to do? They felt like for whatever reason, they still weren't elite enough, and they went out and got that wide receiver from Ohio State. So, mm-hmm. you know, so – so I'm sitting in the stands and I'm and I, and I'm I'm just totally disgusted because I, I mean I mean from the first series on I mean it was a great atmosphere lots of fans was there all around Atlanta I mean everywhere I looked there were people that was dressed up in orange and green and that is what our experience is like but I'm sitting up here watching the game and what I can't seem to understand I was telling the Alabama fan I said hey at the end of the day you need to remember this it's not the jersey it's not the helmet. It's not the soil that these players walk on in the state of Alabama. It's all Nick Saban. It all starts up at the top. Because I'm telling you, the day he's gone, that university will experience what most people in college football is going to experience. So what you, what I want to find out from this conversation that you can help us with is whatnot, is you keep saying it's recruiting, it's recruiting, it's recruiting, it's recruiting. And I believe that to a degree. But when Butch came here, Butch came into a mess compared to what Manny came into. And mm-hmm. it took Butch a while before the recruiting caught up. But what Butch was able to do was to prepare his football team. And I can tell you where it showed. You know where it showed up? It showed up in the bowl games. When we played, if you look at Butch Davis' bowl game record, when we were playing like NC State or we were playing like Virginia or whoever we were playing, when, they, when we had to prepare a team, to, to go to a bowl game, that is where he became successful. So I'm not buying into we need to win 10 games and we'll think it's a success. No. What we need to do is we need to win maybe eight, maybe nine games, but we need to win a bowl game. 
We we we, we need to get better. Players We've lost eleven of the last twelve. Say again. We've lost that. 11 of the last 12 bowl games we've lost, I believe, is that the number. Is that's, that's my that, – And you're, that's and you're my right point. about Butch. Butch won – I think he won every bowl game he played. That's my point. So, you, you, for, for me to be encouraged, for me to think that we're in the, going in the right direction, you got to realize we went through a stretch where Vatek was kicking our tails for the longest of times. But when Butch left, we turned that tide. There was a time when we couldn't beat Florida State. But when Butch left – we turned that time. And Florida State was the premier Alabama. They were getting the top recruiting classes. They were getting all the players or whatnot. So I'm not buying into 10 games, go to ACC championship game, and get our butts kicked. No. Win, let's win eight games. Let, but let's get to the end of the season and let's win a bowl game. Let's see these young kids get better. And let's have the confidence of knowing that if some of these players are not cutting it, I mean, let the young kids play. Let them develop. Let them grow or whatnot. Because here's the thing. Well, hey, I mean, they might. They put Cam Kinchins out there the other day. I mean, you know, I mean. And he looked good. I mean, I mean he looked like a freshman, but he looked good. He looked like he deserved to be on the field is what I'm saying. And I'll leave you this because I know you got other callers on the field. The one quote I heard this week that gave me hope, but it also told me the mentality you have to have to be successful is what I heard from Xavier Strepo. Um, now, this is a kid. He's about five foot eight. but all spring practice we've been hearing, fall practice, spring practice, fall practice, we've been hearing that he's been making plays, right? He gets in the mm-hmm. game, and he knows he's behind Mark Harley, Mike Harley. He's not going to become a starter, but he's taking advantage of the opportunities that's in front of him. And so he is scrappy, he is scrappy, he gets that pass interference, and I saw that. And he's going against a four-star, five-star quarterback. And when the ball's in the air, he makes the freaking play. He makes me watch that touchdown. He made the play. It was a 50-50 ball. He made the play. And when I'm listening to his press conference, he said this, and this is the mentality that I think our team just need to have. We need to stop talking about this talent stuff. He said, my job when I get on the field is to kick the guy's ass across from me. That's my job. That's, that's what I have to do. I got to beat the guy in front of me. He didn't say nothing about he was more talented than me and all that other stuff. Now, I understand that, that, that counts because I've told you, that other team we played has had the number one recruiting class for the last five years, and they get 25 to 27, 29 kids per year. But he says, my job is to beat the guy across from me. And all I'm saying is, do we have a coach in the building that is practicing that? Because we can't say it's all Manny's fault because Butch had it much worse than when Manny came on in. And I'm rooting for Manny. But we can't say that it's all about talent, 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 talent. Now, I understand that talent may get you the championship ring at the very end, but it took Dabble five years before he had Temple, before he had Clemson to break. I just don't know if he had that kind of patience with uh, with, with our particular coaching staff because I don't think it's the resources. But do they have that Xavier, mentality, Xavier Strepo mentality to beat the guy across from them? Just All right, man. Well, thanks for uh, calling to uh, uh, lead us with. So, thanks okay. for being part of the show. Uh, give us a call next week. Yep. Let's go to the uh, five six one. You're live on King Sport Live. 
Five six one, you with us? Hello? You there? Yeah, that's you. Yeah, can you hear me? Who's Yep, who's this? Hello? Yeah, who's this? Hey Gary, how you doing? It's Matt. Um I uh first of all I enjoy uh I enjoy Good Morning Kingsport. It's uh, something to look forward to in the morning and it's uh it's refreshing. And the only thing is sometimes you start out saying, have we got news for you? We've got great news. And I'm always thinking maybe you're signing a five-star, we find a four-star. But when you wake up in the morning, you want, you, don't you want uplifting words? Like, uh, you know, you want to yeah. say, yeah, we've got some shitty news for you today. I mean, no, you don't want to hear that. Well, <laughs> no, I don't. I, I mean, but, but you know, I, I love it. And I'm thinking, okay, what's it going to be? And then I'm, I'm hearing there's an NIL deal for one of the players. And that's like, uh, good, I'm happy for him. But, uh, you know. Anyway, I really enjoy your objectivity. It's very easy for you to be subjective and to not, you know, give us an objective analysis. And it would make for getting along very well with the with the coaching staff sometimes. But 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 the fact that you stay neutral and you're objective in your criticisms is a tribute to you. Um, you know, sometimes I, I when you ask questions to Manny, I feel like you guys have the relationship that Netanyahu did with Obama, and you're Netanyahu. You're the good guy. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, I sort of wonder. <laughs> no. what the, I, 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 I like all I those guys. Man, they're you, all good. They're all good dudes. But my my responsibility to you guys is to do real analysis of what's really taking place. And and if it's great, I'm going to say it's great. If it's if it's in the middle, I'm going to say it's in the middle. If it's bad, I'm going to say it's bad. It's uh, it's like and I and I just hope I hope and I you know they respect that. I think they do. You know, I mean, yeah, I, listen, I, I, if I'm saying yeah, it's bad, make it better. Right? No, and I think sometimes Diaz. I think he knows that you. He knows that you know that he's really made some bad moves. <laughs> and but it's, it's, it's not that he's dynamic. even made. No, he really I mean, hasn't made. He no, you know what? He has not made a lot of bad moves. Uh, you know, Manny is trying very, very hard, and Manny is showing a willingness to correct problems that a lot of coaches don't have. Like we've seen plenty of stubborn coaches here. Al Golden, one of them. Al Golden could have been a coaching superstar. He he just you know refused to correct the the little things that were keeping him from taking it to the next level. Um, you know Manny is is willing to make corrections and make adjustments. Um, the 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 reason I feel for Manny is I think it was unfair to put him in this job. He did not have the pedigree and the credentials that it takes. This is one of the hardest jobs in college football because you're expected to compete for it all every year. And and it's hard to do that. And you got to have a toolbox. Uh, you know, you got to have a Butch Davis toolbox. You got to have a Jimmy Johnson toolbox. Uh, if, if you don't have that toolbox, I don't think you got a shot in this job. This job will eat you alive. And and it has eaten alive all of the guys that didn't have it. It ate Larry Coker alive. It ate Randy Shannon alive. It ultimately ate Golden alive. It it, it pushed Mark Rick into retirement. I mean, this is a hard job. And you can't just put anybody in this job. That's my opinion. Right. Well, you know, first of all, and, I'll, and we're going to get to that. This is the key question. But before we get to that, I just got to tell you, you know, I, and I've lived uh, Kings football for 40 years, okay? This guy, Lashley, everybody thought he was so terrific, so fantastic. Last year, he runs the ball up the middle against better teams. We get stuffed every single freaking time. And he pulls the same garbage against Alabama, whose athletes are, 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 are ten times better on the defensive side of the ball 
they have NFL players, and we, we, we stubbornly, stupidly, try, and it's so frustrating to watch. You, 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 it's, it's ineffable. You, you can't describe what the hell are they thinking, all right? But anyway, let's get back to the other issue, which is the, the difficult job that Manny has. First of all, my understanding is University of Miami has a $1 billion endowment. Who calls the shots? with the football program. Who's this guy, Epstein? Who makes the decision as to, you know, how much do you pay the head coach uh, or who the head coach should be? I know there's a, you know, I'm, I'm sort of mixing things up right now. You know, I'm a big Mario fan. I think he's the man because you want to get somebody who brings in the recruits. Okay. Now, now, you know, it's disappointing to hear, that we're not getting – so many kids are getting away, right? But if we had a guy like Mario here, I think that he would bring these kids in. So the question becomes, can we afford to pay a guy $8 to $10 million with a billion-dollar endowment? I would say yes, we Mario do. Mario doesn't he, – he's, he's not an $8 million coach yet. Mario makes like $4 million right now. He makes the same as Manny. <laughs> like he has a buyout, but like, you know, listen, like it, if you keep waiting, he's going to be an $8 million coach. But I'm not saying that that you're going to fire Manny today and, and bring in Mario. That's not happening. Uh, Mario's got a very good team at Oregon. They play Ohio State this weekend. That's going to be really interesting to see. Uh, they're going to be a contender in the Pac-12 this year. They're going for their third straight Pac- Pac-12 title. Uh, and next year they are going to have a team that potentially could be a playoff contender because all these young kids that he's been recruiting are going to start becoming grown men. So I don't even know that you could hire Mario right now. To be honest with you, um, you know we'll see what happens. But but, but um, you know the, it it doesn't change the, the the overall general question of what do they want Miami football to be? And you ask who's calling the shots. I can't even answer that question. I mean, David Epstein is the board's liaison to athletics. Does he have the juice to make every decision? I have no idea. Like I, you know, I don't even, like you don't even like the the guys. You know, pretty much been in hiding. I think since since this whole thing went down with the, with the, with the coaching transition and stuff. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if he is the ultimate decision maker or not. I can't even answer that. All right. And, and then just go back on the micro level for a second is, you know, we're all complimenting our kicking game. Okay. And, and our punter is terrific. I felt like saving with game planning him a little bit by brushing a lot of people to the side that he, you know, he, he rolls to the right, kicks like sort of a sidearm. You had a bunch of rushers, you know, headed that way. We got lucky we didn't get anything blocked. There was a, a little bit of concern there. But my concern, I people tell me I'm off base, okay, is our field goal kicker. Uh, he snap-hooked one of the field goals, and it went through, and he was two for two when it was perfect on the extra point. But I didn't see his brother do that. <laughs> and I hope that there's not a problem there. It doesn't come back to haunt us. No, nah, this kid's going to be really good. You could see it. I mean, he's a true freshman I mean, right now. I mean, he's going to keep getting better. This kid's going to be a great kicker. Well, good. I'm glad. I'm glad you. I'm glad you feel that way. And let's let's you know, it'd be great to, for him to develop. Anyway, um, you know, keep up the great work. Look forward to your show every morning, and uh, you know, right. remain as objective as you have been. Promise you we will. Thanks, Thanks so much for the kind words and the call. Yeah, we'll talk to you next time. Let's go to the 504. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Jerry, how you doing, man? Doing great. Who's this? Hey, man, this is Roland from New Orleans. 
What's up, Roland? What you got for us? I'm good, man. I was, um, man, I went to the game, man. I'm gonna be honest with you. You just need to get straight to the point. And um, I've said this before, and I know a number of people have said it before. Manny Diaz is not the guy. There's no discipline on that team. There's no that team. It was the same team we saw. We've been seeing the last two or three years under him. Um, <laughs> it got to the point, and I know you've heard this so many times, man, when they got the turnover and they put the, put, put the chain on and the rings. I'm tired of all of that shit. I don't want to see rings. I want to see chains. What I want to see is um, Alonzo Highsmith and Gino, Gino Toretta come in as an AD and Highsmith running the operation. They need to get rid they need to just rip it, rip it, and you look. You, and the reason I say that, Miami, you do not have dogs. You don't. It's just so, it's it's the softest shit I've ever seen. It's just it's so frustrating to see this man. I waited I don't know how many years for Miami play, to, to play Alabama, but I don't even know why Blake James schedule. I was waiting for it, but I didn't. From a recruiting standpoint, the program has been going through so much. Like it's, it was not necessarily the time to, to, to you know, play Alabama when you're not deep yeah, enough. I, I and you, that was too early, man. Too early. Yeah, I disagree. You can't. You judge. You you schedule these games two years in advance. You schedule these games no. years in advance, and you can't you can't no. sit here and say, oh, three years from now we're gonna stink. I'm not gonna play Alabama, or I'm not gonna play no. LSU, or I'm not gonna play Texas A&M. No. no. You got You got You got to have a standard for your program. Your program better be good enough. And you know what? It's like as an athletic director, all you can do is put them on the stage. It's up to the coach that you're paying four million a year to get to the program to get the program to that level. That's my opinion. Well, let me just ask you this, and I'm gonna be straight up. And I'm not. I'm not, I'm not gonna criticize players. Bring this. Bring that. There's a big. There's a huge uh, discrepancy as it relates to discipline on this team. And I'm telling you, <laughs> Manny Diaz should not be the coach at the University of Miami, and Blake James should not be the AD at the University of Miami. Miami needs to get back to pure roots of what Miami is. Not, yeah, you know, I understand footballs, you know, change, spread formation, but you got too much, too many athletes in South Florida, too much. It's the the blueprint has already is, is already been there. You can get you get your D linemen from from you know Texas O linemen Midwest skill players from South Florida come down the wall and get some guys. I just can't understand. It's just plain and simple, man. They, they need many Diaz and Blake James need to be gone. So and I people are gonna say they gonna say well give them another year. It took Dabo Sweeney, you know. Two years, three years, five years, man. Come on, you gotta. It's, it's it's not, you know, you got. It's not about waiting, man. You gotta be proactive. You gotta. <laughs> you, you, yeah, we'll what you gotta just sit back and. We'll see, man. Right, right now, we got a football season here for the next three months, so let's see what happens, and um, we can readdress all that at the end. At this point, let's talk well, about keep, that well, right well, now. Well, keep keep me on, and what's your thoughts on on Diaz being you gotta stand of soap? Yeah, man. I, you know, I, yeah, I already said what I think. I think he, you know, I, I think this is a hard job for him. I, I don't, I, you know, I think, I think he's going to have a hard time getting it 
at, to a higher level than what it is right now. But that said, I think they can win nine games this year. Um, may, you know, never you never know if they get a few bounces, maybe even ten. But I I said nine before the year, and I'm sticking to it. All right, Roland, give us a call next week, man. Thanks for calling in. Let's go to the um, the eight six five now. You're live on Kingsport Live. Hey, Gary, it's James. How you doing, bud? What's up, James? Talk to us, man. What you got? Uh, uh, well, I, uh, like uh, Roland, just I, I went to the game, and uh, I'm just going to speak frank and so forth. I'm not ready to just throw in the towel on this season. Um, I think we talked about it last week. I was going to be as optimistic as anything, and I would have loved to have shocked the world like the next person, but I knew right away that we were in trouble, like the way that the teams looked right on the field. And I'm not trying to be mean when I say this, Gary, but our 300-pound guys and their 300-pound guys are in two different levels, strength, conditioning. They threw us off the ball at times like we were ragdolls. And I'm not trying to criticize who works harder and who doesn't, but across the board, the only guy at the position that I feel I'd be confident of who we could win on a one-on-one in the trenches is probably Headley against their punter, who I don't even think I saw, but at the end of the game, to be honest with you. I mean, that was just the eye test alone. And then the discipline. Um, Sure, Alabama made some plays, but, I mean, just it's just unacceptable for Bolden to basically put himself in that position. You're a captain. You were supposed to take that next step. And whether the call was ticky-tack or not, don't even put it into the ref's uh, hands to make that decision and so forth. And did that change a little bit that you didn't have him out there? Maybe, maybe not. But the truth of the matter is I was impressed with what I saw from James Williams out there. He looked like a freshman, but damn, did he look the part. And he definitely showed why he's a five-star compared to some of the three-stars we have out there. He was running sideline to sideline making plays, even though he was new and not knowing what to do. But what I saw from the other side it ain't even close, Gary. And I'm sorry, I missed the first hour of the show. And I'm sure other people, maybe yourself, even touched on it. But I hope I'm not out of line saying that. No, you're not. No, I'm not saying anything. Yeah. I mean, I just – now, again, but I'm going to try to be positive about this. If this performance had been against, say, Michigan State in two weeks, another Power 5 team and so forth um, – then, then we can talk the way that we're talking and so forth, or some of the people. But, are. but it shouldn't um, be because there shouldn't be the talent disparity then. You're right. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I think what it shows is there was an article um, that basically, you know, summed up the, the weekend of college football, and it said there's Alabama and everybody else. And, you know, I, I, I tend to agree with that. I mean, I watched Clemson and Georgia begrudgingly after the game at a bar there in Atlanta, and it was eh, you know. I mean, they were going at it. They were feeling each other out. Clemson's offensive line couldn't stop Georgia's defensive line, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, I think that that Alabama team, maybe somebody catches them napping, but I don't see them losing. I, it almost I felt like to me that they were the team with 18 or 19 starters returning and the coaching staff intact, and we were the team that was breaking in freshmen and a few new coaches and offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators trying to figure things out. I mean, that's how it looked to me. They were better prepared. They had more emotion. 
And, I mean, they kicked our ass up and down the field. And I think you summed it up right. Yeah, they could have won by 60 if they really wanted to. They could have. Um, you know, but it is what it is. Um, I felt that there were some performances by some guys and, and others, they had no business being on the field. And, I, and I'm glad that they took Scape off the field because he looked terrible. He, he was absolutely manhandled out there. And I'm hoping that uh, this change stays the way that it is. And I really hope that we give uh, Cheney some burn these next couple of weeks. But the game I really want to see with Miami, especially in the trenches, is against Michigan State in a couple of weeks. Yes, they have had a yeah. coaching change. But Mel Tucker, honestly, that guy can, can coach. coach. And he came from Georgia. He can coach. And here's the other thing. D'Antonio, say what you will about the guy. The guy could recruit. And there were times. And Michigan State, just a couple years ago, was going against Alabama in the playoff, or they were there against Ohio State in the Big Ten championship consistently in the different divisions. So I'm just saying I'd like to see how Miami looks against a Big Ten team that's big across the board, not Alabama level, but I just want to see if we've taken that next step in a couple of weeks. That's where I'm going to reserve the judgment. Now, I do have a question for you real quick, Gary, because I know others want to get on here, but... Um, is it possible, is it possible that regardless if Manny wins the nine or ten games that we kind of think could happen if the ball breaks our way, is it possible that they can continue to let him work his contract without giving him the extension? I mean, because that's where I feel this program they can has, give, they like, can give dropped him an the extension eight ball. Without, they can give him an extension with, without increasing the buyouts and stuff. So there's ways to work through all that. Um, okay, so the there key is, is the buyout. So, so you could let it. The key, yeah. The key is the buyout. And, you know, the important thing to me is that they keep flexibility because, you know, it's a, and again, they, they're going to have to make decisions on what the big picture agenda is for the program and, and whether Manny can, can take it to whatever level they set. And if the level is the mm-hmm. current level, then Manny will be the coach here for 10 more years. You know, I mean, it's it's just well, gonna, it's a philosophical decision for them. All right, man, James, let me let these other guys get on. Give us a call next week. You bet. Thanks, man. Let's go to nine seven three. You're live on Chain Sport Live. Gary, Gary, Gary. What's up, Ross? You got to go quick tonight. Listen, man, You're so late. much going on. No, I'm not late. I'm not late. I chose to call yeah, it just time. Go fast. I got, I got a bunch of people I want to no, try to get I'm on. No, but I'm saying, though. Yeah, listen, listen. Minutes. I'm saying. I'm rushing go. Me now. Listen. Yeah, I'm rushing. Hang on, man. Go. No, you can put me on. Okay, let's go to the um... – Ross, you're done? No, I'm not done. What I'm... Listen, Gary, guys like, guys like 26, 8, 26 here fumble instead of – we had the whole summer to fall on the ball. To fall on the ball, he tries to pick it up, and he, he misses the ball, and we look like idiots. Take, for instance, the fact that they, they convinced us that Scape was getting the job done, so we're going to start him at right tackle, and we exchanged him in the first two series. Manny is not disciplined. They're not afraid to play and make mistakes. Because they know if they make a mistake, they'll be okay. Manny is not the guy. Now, you talk about getting an extension all that. He stays with nine games. We get it. We get it. But he's not the guy. Team did not look prepared. I'm watching Tulane. I'm watching this team. Did you see Mississippi the other night? Ole Miss? They, we don't even know who those wide receivers are. But they came to play. 
Look at all these other teams that we watched. They came to play. I think okay? the kids came Can't to play Saturday, Ross. No, I no, think what they I'm came saying to is play. I, think, I no. think the game plan was flawed. Uh, terrible. They came the game play. plan was terrible. Yeah. You got you, but you they got came our, to you play. Got the kids our, played hard. We, you can't blame the kids for this. What I'm saying, we've got one of our leaders, play caller, is calling a third down run. Yeah, that's, that, that, was that was a bad. That's terrible. That's a nationwide chances of flop. Yeah, the, the chances of that succeeding were minuscule. I mean, that was, Daddy, that, that me was a bad one. Let me nitpick a little bit. Let me nitpick, and then you can cut me off. Let me nitpick. Um, King was limping off the field. This is how I know that we're not ready to compete. I'll give you could criticize him for this, yes or no. Uh, King was limping off the field. They immediately went to the backup quarterback. You know what he was doing? Whistling in the wind. Most program, that backup quarterback is finding a center and he's starting to take snaps. Van Dyke didn't even look like he wanted part of that game. He didn't want no part of that game. And he proved it when he got his little bit of time, he dropped back and ran for his life. Most quarterbacks come to them and they sling the ball or they hand the ball off or something. But if he's going to run, you might as well give it to the running back. Cam Harris is terrible. I don't, Gary, he's terrible. He's not, he, he, can't, he, he can't dance. He has no vision. It's time to bench him also. Okay? It, 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 I'm looking at ridiculous stuff. I'm not talking about the win and the loss. Come on, are you kidding me? We're not always going to beat that game. We're going to win the game. But what I saw was this. Ter- we haven't had a defensive lineman, Gary, to knock down a ball. In years, our defensive linemen go, and if they're getting pushed around, they don't raise their hand. Discipline, Gary. Discipline. All right, Ross. All great, all great points, man. Let's continue the conversation next Tuesday. Call earlier, okay? We'll. Uh, I'm we'll looking forward to this time. Thanks, I want to hear you. D Black, KK. <laughs> Let's go to seven seven two. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Sorry, Ross. <laughs> Hello. 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 This is Andrew calling out of Orlando. What's up, Andrew? What you got for us, man? Uh, I'm not even mildly disappointed. I'm 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 past that point with this program. Uh, to watch that game was a utter disappointment. Now, I'm 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 of the I'm in agreement with everybody else. I didn't expect to win that game, but I most certainly expected us to put up a fight. And we we did we did absolutely nothing. We looked abysmal on on the on national stage, in front of the world to see. And it's just it, it's exhausting at this point to have to listen to Manny sit in these post game <laughs> interviews and big up these other coaches and and talk about how well they were coached and this and that. What the hell are you doing eight months in advance to prepare for this game? Point all they had to do was compete, man. Everyone would have been so happy. Just, just be competitive. That's, that, it that, wasn't that's all. That's I all mean, they yeah, had the world, to do was the world compete. Your feet the other night. Just, just compete. You know. I'm, I'm watching Tulane. I'm watching Minnesota. I'm watching Florida State compete. Yep, they all competed to the they end. To the end of these games, the they had chances to win. All due yeah, they respect. weren't playing Alabama, and they might have lost. Alabama by a large margin too, but Gary, all due respect, all due respect, competing like that. All due respect, Gary, that's a cop out. Miami was the most feared team in the '80s and the '90s, and we still got our ass whooped too. God is not standing on the other side of that damn sideline. I'm sorry, they could be yeah. beat. 
So I'm tired of everybody using that excuse. Oh, it was Alabama. It was this. It was that. Bullshit. Bullshit. They could be beat too. Well, they had to do is compete though. Expected them to win. Nobody expected them to win, but at the same time, there was a lot of there there, there was a lot of uh, missed assignments. Derrick King did not play a good game. There was a lot of RPO plays that he could have pulled the ball and ran up the sideline and possibly got 30-yard gains. He chose to hand the ball to Cam Harris. People need to stop talking about Cam Harris. There was no damn blocking. There was no damn blocking. The line wasn't blocking. Pay attention to the trenches. That's all you need to do. Pay attention to the trenches. Cam Harris is not our problem. It's the play calling. It's the coaching staff. Number one, it's the head coach. He's a snake oil salesman. He gives. All right, Andrew, I gotta cut. I gotta, I, I, I gotta cut you off because I got I got four other guys and I got about eight minutes, so I gotta go two minutes piece. So give us a call next week, man. Thanks for the call. Let's go to uh, the six seven eight. You got two minutes. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey Gary, what's up, man? Hey, listen. Doing good. Who's this? Two minutes pass. This is Jackie. Hey, listen. Hey, listen. First of all, you said that no one expected to beat Alabama. But then you said, hey, at least they should have looked good getting their ass kicked by the best team that we ever seen in college I didn't say look good. Program. I didn't say look good. No, I'm saying you said put up a fight. How you going to put up a fight against put Mike up a, Tyson? Put up a fight. When he was in his yeah. day, you get knocked out in the first round. That's what happens when you got in the ring with Mike Tyson when he was in the A. You get hit with an uppercut and you're on the ground. But my point is, we over-respected Alabama because that team would not beat A&M. They would not beat Texas A&M. They would not beat Georgia. They might not beat Clemson. If that quarterback plays a little better, that Alabama team we saw, first of all, we lost our best player on offense and defense outside of De'Ara King. Harley went out the game. Buck Bolton went out the game. That 94-yard play, that was a big momentum. All the stuff that happened in that game were big momentum plays that happened because of something happened with us, personnel-wise, this, that, uh, this man out of position. This team that we have, man, y'all talking that Manny stuff, man, you expecting him to go beat a, a guy who was in the playoffs like three or four years. That's the coach. No, I don't think anybody expected him to go okay, beat anybody. So no. You're saying they wasn't prepared. You can't, how do you prepare I, to play? No, what, what I'm, what I'm, what I'm saying, third? Junkie, is that from the, from the opening, from the coin toss, I, I thought the whole mindset was off. And, and we, we didn't come into that juggernaut, Gary. I understand. That's what happens but, when you but, play a juggernaut. They beat Alan Texas A&M the same way you just, A&M ended up And then I got to let you go. You just got done saying they're not a juggernaut. You just named three teams that you say are going to beat them this year. So that's not a judgment. Those, those three teams are that good, though. A&M, Georgia, and Clemson are that good. Right. Well, you just said they're going to beat Bama. So that's not a juggernaut. Junkie, give us a call next week, man. Give us a call next week. you got to give us a call next week. Um, let's go to the uh, 419. You're live on Chain Sport Live. Hi, this is Chrissy from Toledo. Um Okay, so I'm going to start with, I'm, hi, um, I'm not a Canes fan, but my boyfriend's like a diehard, so I live and breathe it with him. I'm actually an Ohio State fan. So a couple of things that I'm just going to point out, you know, and this is what I told him too, and maybe it'll help talk some people off the ledge. You know, someone has to play Alabama game one. And 
the the result was going to be the same. I think even if it was going to be Georgia that would have played them, I think Georgia would have been competitive. But, you know, they they weren't going to let Alabama run the score up. But I don't think their offense is good enough, you know, and their defense would eventually get tired and, and they would lose. And every time you play Alabama, I don't care what team you are, you have to play. Like, it's your national championship game. Like, you're in it. I don't think Miami – played that way and I'm not trying to put anything on the kids I don't necessarily know that like Brett Lashley and you know and Manny had like a scheme I think Saban has a scheme he has a plan his system's been working he's getting the top kids they're winning Miami's been struggling for years they've had a lot of coaching changes and when there's that many coaching changes it leads me to believe is Manny running the show or is he getting these new coaches working with them letting them put a lot of you know, their coaching thoughts into things. Cause if you, you know, cause Alabama had coaching changes too, and they're still running off a Saban system though. They might put a little bit in it, but I'm like, how much, you know, when you are have three offensive line coaches and everybody, you know, I think a lot of fans bought into the, well, our defense is going to be good because Alabama's offense is, is young. They're young, they're young, but they're also running off of like a well-oiled machine that, you know, I'm an Ohio State fan, and Ohio State was a better team last year, I think, you know, than Miami was, and they they still beat Ohio State, and it's, I, I know it's, like, rough. I think a lot of things kind of fall back on, on Manny, but I also think that your schedule is, is, is good enough. It's there enough. Like, you're going to win enough games that I don't think anybody's going to get rid of Manny. I think, like you said, the program – in 2016, they said, we're doing it. We're throwing money at the program. We're going to become a lead again. And, and I think they did that. They're like, we did that. And now you haven't held up your end of the bargain. You haven't done really anything great with the money that we gave you. And that's unfortunate because when you go through coaching changes, nothing's going to change overnight. You have to give things time. And I kind of was I didn't know enough about Manny when he got hired. I thought he's a Miami kid. He's there. You know, he, he should be okay. But it's, now it's been several years. I've been listening to your radio show enough times now to know he, he, can, he can't recruit. And that's really worrisome. And I feel like you need, if you're not winning games, in, it really elite and, like, on the cusp. You're not in Oklahoma. You're not in Ohio State. You're not one of those teams that's on the cusp that can get kids. And you need you need a good coach. You need a coach that can recruit for you. I don't think Manny can. Clearly, he he hasn't been able to. But at the same token, you know, if you fire Manny at the end of the season, you're not going to be great overnight. It's going to take you several years. And I feel like your fan base is is just desperate to get back to that winning winning culture. And I get it. Everybody wants to win, but. I don't know that your athletic department is going to fire him because I feel like he does just enough to keep his job. And I do like what the one caller said earlier, you have to win bowl games. I mean, that would be great if Manny could do that, win some bowl games. Um, But those are just my few thoughts. Oh my God. What's your boyfriend's name? (laughs) His name is Maurice. (laughs) Maurice. Um, Yeah. You on speakerphone? Maurice, can uh, you hear me am I? No, he's no, he's not oh. here. He's listening. He's listening. He's at home. I'm not Maurice. with him right now. But yes, he's got me 
breathing the Miami culture. I feel like I know more about, like, I was upset when somebody, when that one guy was trying to dog out Borgales, I was like, is he talking smack about my kicker? I was like, that's my kicker. I was like, I had, like, Restrepo, Kitchens, and the kicker as the top three players in that game. I was like, the kicker. How, how and then someone and was trying to dog him out. How, how long have you and Maurice been dating? Five years. Five years? Wow. How old are you guys? Yes. Yes. How old, um, how old are you guys? We're in our 40s. Oh, okay. All right. Maurice, listen to me, buddy. You have no idea what you've got here. I have never in my entire career, other than well, no, there's there's one other there's one other woman I've heard talk football like this, and um, but yeah, I'm not going to say who it is because you know she, I don't want to invade anybody's privacy. But let me tell you something, Maurice. Just right now, just go out there, get yourself the ring, and and and, and do it right and, and do it nice and lock this girl up because. Man, to have a, a girlfriend that can talk football and came football like this, incredible. Uh, absolutely unbelievable. Well, uh, I hope thank I, I you hope for I saying that. Apologize. I mean, yeah, oh I, hope, I hope he takes your advice. And, uh... <laughs> I'm like mesmerized over here. Please call in again, okay? Well, the show's <laughs> over now, so we got to go. But, like, please, please, okay. please call in again. That, 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 was, that was amazing. You're all, you're, you're all on top of it, I'll tell you that. So, um, thank, you. thank you. I so, have to be with him because so it's all we talk you, about every football season. That's that's awesome. So yeah, call in again. Give us a call earlier next time. And you I couple will. guys I that are on hold. I apologize, but there was no way in hell I was cutting her off. So um, <laughs> yeah, we'll get we'll, we'll we'll get to you guys next week. So all right. Well, thank you okay. for the call, and the, and we'll talk thank to you. Thank you. Right, yeah. Bye-bye. Have a good night. All right, guys, that, that's a good way to end it, I think. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I want to thank Russell Maryland for calling in earlier. I thought that was a great segment. Apologies for the uh, couple minutes of technical difficulties early. Um, big game Saturday against Appalachian State. Um, we'll have the You Bet Kane Sports Show on Thursday, and I'm going to talk to Lee Sterling about that betting line and try to figure out why it's so low. Uh, is Appalachian State really the real deal? Because when we analyze it, we see Miami having a talent advantage across the board. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, tomorrow night, 8 o'clock, the Lamar Thomas Show promises to be epic as it was last week. So I hope you'll join us for that as well. So um, thank you, everybody, for joining us, and we'll see you next time, everybody.